0: Welcome to the Hog Call Podcast. This is Chad. And this is Tim.
1: Be sure to subscribe to the Hog Call on your favorite podcast stretcher, iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, Stitcher, whatever you like. We're on them all. Listen to the Hog Call live at our patio, the only real live, real-time, uncut, uncensored, razorback podcast created by fans for fans. Friend us on Facebook at Hog Call Podcast or follow us on Twitter at Hog Call Podcast. Chad runs the Facebook page, and Tim runs the Twitter page. Support the Hog Call Podcast by helping us spread the word. Give us a five-star rating. Leave a comment. Even if it's just Go Hogs, this will go a long way to allow other Razorback fans to find the podcast more easily. If you'd like to throw a tip our way, you can support us financially at our Patreon page. Even $1 will go a long way in updating our equipment. We'll provide server space to store episodes. We're counting on fan support. If you have something Hog Call Nation needs to hear, call and leave a voicemail at 812-850-0110 or send an email to Podcast at dot com. What's well, good to get that mess out of the way, Tim. How's it
0: going? Hey, pretty good.
1: I'll tell you what, Tim. we got a uh, special guest host that's uh, going to be on with us tonight, uh, Matt from Little Rock, is uh, chiming in. So, uh, you know, we keep telling everybody to call in and and write emails and so on and so forth. So we brought Matt on to, you know, really uh, give us a perspective of that South Arkansas um, outlook and kind of what what they're saying down there and, you know, what everybody is, uh, you know, if the fans are
0: are up in arms
1: down there, if they're happy about how things are going in uh, Razorback Nation. And uh so it's, I'm really excited. It's really cool to uh to bring Matt on.
2: Matt, thank you for uh taking your time oh, out and getting on with okay, us. Yeah, no problem. I think I kinda of stepped on your intro there a little bit, but
0: uh It's not strange,
2: man.
1: I thought I thought I thought I sat right in. You kinda of, kinda of had a little pause there and you jumped in there. I guess I could have waited a few more seconds on that pause. I wasn't sure if he was gonna jump in or not. <laughs>
3: Yeah, that's one of,
1: oh, no. things, one of those things when you do a phone cast, you know, it's live, it's uncut, it's uncensored, you're just getting in there, you know, sometimes, sometimes you get what you get, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. But, uh, yeah, it's been fantastic listening to you guys. You, uh, you all do a very good job. Um, uh, I know I enjoy it. I know there's other fans out there that enjoy it. And I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to come on here and kind of speak my mind about, uh, what's going on in the world of Arkansas Razorback Sports. Excellent.
1: Right. We're glad to have I yes. think, you. Know, yes. Absolutely. And uh, I think one of the things was, uh, you know, Matt, Matt is a little more versed in the hockey. I know he's always uh, letting us know whenever there's a big hockey game coming up. And he's always watching them on the, uh, on, the on the Internet and all that. Um, he's got a whole setup, I think, at his place where he streams it through his TV and everything. And so why don't you talk to us? a little bit about uh, about Razorback hockey and just saying just whatever else you want to uh, talk about, uh, Razorback football, basketball, whatever you want to talk about. Just go ahead and, and throw a little knowledge our way, Matt.
2: Yeah, certainly. Uh, would you guys like to start off with uh, D3 or D1?
0: That's perfect. Uh, let's go D1. Yeah, I think that's good.
2: Yeah, so, uh, let's see what's going on with D1 here. I know, uh, they've actually got a game tonight that they're playing. Um, they've got, uh, they've got a game with Arizona. They're actually playing in Arizona. They're playing in Tucson tonight. Um, yeah, uh, at this point, it's actually probably, uh, already over. I, I believe that game started at, uh, 6.30, but I'm not seeing a score for it yet, unfortunately. I haven't checked Twitter today. I've been a little bit busy. Um, but uh yeah, they've got uh they've got that game today at Arizona and then uh the next two days on the sixteenth and the seventeenth, they are actually staying in Arizona, but instead of playing at uh Arizona, they're playing at Arizona State for the next couple of games. They're going from uh Tucson to Tempe. Oh wow. Oh wow, okay, okay. And then wasn't um was
1: there some didn't she come out Arizona being ranked?
0: Well I know uh I know Arizona's ranked 14th in the, uh, the, uh, the ACHA, which is one of the, uh, American Collegiate Hockey Association. And then Arizona State was ranked, uh, in the top 25 with, I mean, and they were in the same, uh, conference or same association with the, uh, just like the Steph kind of shared above with the, with a lot of the, uh, not just club teams, but, uh, actual, actual teams for this big time program.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So this is great. I mean, we're not just getting some, uh, some hockey the next few days. We're getting some serious, you know, contenders that we're playing. It's going to really tell us a lot about our, uh, our hockey program and the state of our program and where we're at this year. So did we, did we got a chance to win these games, Matt? What is, uh, what's our outlook?
2: Um, yeah, I, I really think we do, um, especially the, uh, the arizona state games they um they should be winnable for us um, Arizona's definitely gonna be a tough one um honestly i mean even though division one the Division one team is not our um it's not our best team mm-hmm. um man those guys they go out and they play hard every single game and they've uh they they started off kind of rough this year. But, um they have really they they started to pick it up in the last bit of the season um, mm-hmm. they They've come out and they've started to get a lot more aggressive. is what I've really seen more than anything. Um, mm-hmm. They were playing a little bit more um, they were playing a little bit off of everyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it just wasn't as physical as what you would kind of expect mm-hmm. in hockey, especially if you watch the d3 team. And then you go and watch the D one team the D three team, man, those guys go out there and they will they will skate up and down that ice and just I mean, they check people super hard. They're in each other's faces. Those guys are they're fantastic. They're really, really a good hockey team, especially coming out of Arkansas. It's really not something you would expect for Arkansas to field such a good hockey team. Mm-hmm. And um it's at a D three level but um it really is great. Um, the you D1 know, the guys
1: thing, are... The thing I'm sorry, no, I was just going to say, the thing that's interesting about the D3 is the fact that that's kind of our farm team. You know, so yeah, the, the guys are really good at that three D3 level, but at the same time, these guys are getting farmed up into
2: the uh, the D1 uh, program. Yeah, it's a few guys that, uh, that have come from the uh, D3 program up to the D1 and, uh, you know, it's just, it just, it just seems like you're just kind of waiting for, for those guys to really click. Um, mm-hmm. that, that D1 team, man, they've been on the cusp of winning some really, really big games. And actually, uh, like I said, with, with Arizona, uh, I'm not sure how the game went. Like I said, I have not seen any scores. But, um, I hey, mean, i are in the.
0: Yeah, if I, if I can interrupt you real quick, uh, just regarding that, um, Razorback Hockey uh, uh, tweeted out a link to uh, the D1 game versus Arizona tonight. So I don't know. I think maybe the time was wrong on the schedule because it looks like they're just about to start it. And oh, wow. Through, uh, it's through, uh, looks like Arizona's broadcasting. It. So it's like a link uh, to, to Arizona to where they're broadcasting. So, so it makes sense kind of a later game since it's, you know, a different I'm gonna go to the
1: Hog Call Twitter page right now and start watching
2: this thing. Yeah, that's fantastic. Uh, yeah, sorry about that. It's, it's uh, time it goes on here on the uh, on the that's page. I'm looking at is uh, headed uh, puck drop for six thirty. But um, that's,
1: that's what's frustrating about this is this team is definitely good enough that it should be like probably at Barnhill something like that. It's a team that should be on campus playing on campus, and, and they should be able to use uh, school funds to. Uh, support this team and not be a club team that's just getting the minimal funds from the, from the, uh, university for clubs, which isn't much. And then they're also, you know, getting the rest of their money fundraising and so on and so forth. So a lot of the stuff that, that they're doing is volunteer. Um but it's excellent for what it is. Like, it's excellent for having volunteers that are, that are doing the play-by-plays and having volunteers that are updating the, uh, the website and updating all this stuff. I mean, they really do do a good job of keeping you up to date, but at the same time, sometimes there is some lag. I've seen that myself. Yeah. Yeah. It's, you're,
2: you're absolutely right there. Um, and, you know, the worst part is I've, I've spoken to students about this too. Um, I was actually at a conference not long ago, uh, for my profession. And one of the guys that uh, I was up there with and that I worked with quite a bit at this conference was uh He's a graduate student up at the University of Arkansas. He's a doctoral candidate up there right mm-hmm. now, and uh I actually started kind of talking to him and just uh, brought up the Razorback hockey team just to see kind of how the students were with it and see kind of what the pulse was up there and how involved uh, the students were with it. And it seems like there's there's a pretty good following up there, and um, it really uh, it's frustrating that there seems to be so much even student involvement and you know those guys they have to play quite a ways off campus and it, it really kind of it, it hinders the amount of viewers that they get you know it's, mm-hmm. it's going to shrink that audience down quite a bit there's there's a lot of people that aren't even aware of the hockey team I mean I wasn't until a few years ago but whenever I found out I mean it was just all systems go for me because I'm I just I love hockey. I don't think you can. not mm-hmm. you know I guess a part of it takes place during you know football season and football's king around here. You know that's just kind of oh. how it is in the south. But man, I defy you to to go and and watch a game dark finish and see how hard those guys play, how fast paced it is, how physical it is watching those guys check each other into the boards, and see those open eyes hits and just, I don't see how you can't love it. You know, it's just <laughs> one of those things, especially once football season and stuff like that starts to wear down. I mean, mm-hmm. that's your, that's your physical sport fix right there. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, heck it's one of the only organized sports outside of actual boxing or MMA or something like that, where you can, watch a couple of guys that are having problems with each other drop their gloves and start actually fighting with one another you know not that oh yeah you want to see the fight necessarily you know a lot of times you don't want to you want to see a good physical game without the fight but you know if it comes to that it's you know it's entertaining man and uh it's a it's a good tough fast paced game and i really enjoy it mhm
0: and it's not yeah. a
1: thing to see us win you know, I
0: love that. Oh, yeah. we winning games. Well, that play? adrenaline. That, that adrenaline hockey, though, I mean, it, it can't help but cause some, them some fights. You know what I mean?
2: Oh, yeah. yeah. First,
0: I mean, usually usually those are just the result of just a highly competitive nature, and a couple seconds or minutes later, you know, they're back to playing. So, I'll never forget the first Razorback hockey game I went to. The Mississippi State uh, player got kicked off and uh, right beside us uh, through the uh, – or he's going back to the locker room, just took off his uh or had a skate that so he just took off and just slammed them against the uh, uh the table back there. And it was just it was great.
2: Yeah, well, you know, the old one of the old jokes about hockey is uh you know, I went to a fight and a hockey game broke out. Which I always thought yeah. was kinda of funny, <laughs> but uh it's it's really kinda of fitting, you know. And uh I guess just to go ahead and get back to uh What's relevant with uh, mm-hmm. with the actual game being played? Uh, just to mm-hmm. touch on this, earlier in the year we did play um, Arizona. We played them uh, last month. Actually, we played uh, uh, home series with them. Actually, we played them in Springdale, mm-hmm. and we uh, we lost the first game that we played five to three, but we actually won the second one three to two. So this is absolutely a winnable game against Arizona. Mm-hmm. And we have played Arizona State as well. Um, did you games. Did you get a chance to watch that Arizona game? Did you like? I saw the second one. I watched the one that we won. Uh, okay. I did see that, actually. I did not see the first one that we lost, but I did see the first one. And, man, we, so what uh. You say
1: the keys to the game are against Arizona. I mean, what do you think? What do we need to do
2: to win that? Aggressiveness. We've got to press. We've got to press on those guys. Um. I mean, it's, it's as simple as that. We can't let them start getting momentum built up, you know, mm-hmm. and one of the big things with our D1D team that is, uh, we've kind of struggled with it all year, honestly, is our passing, especially our open eyes passing. Okay. Uh, we've had, we've had kind of a tough time with that. Uh, we have a few guys that tend to let the passes get away from us. We've got some errant passes and stuff, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's just playing aggressive, not letting them get to the pace of the game. It seems like that's what happens a lot of time with us. We get off to kind of a slow start, and uh, at that point, we, just, we have kind of a hard time. Once we do get that momentum, we have kind of a hard time catching back up, you know, when they're a goal or two ahead of us. Um, it's just a difficult thing to do. Yeah.
1: Uh, I totally see that, but,
2: you know, you know I'm not
1: as versed in honky as as you are, of course, but I do like to watch it, and, you know, that's the thing I was saying earlier uh, this year in the podcast was um, I feel like we wasn't very aggressive at all at the beginning of the season the games I watched, and then all of a sudden we got really aggressive. We're starting to check them into the walls really hard. We're starting to, you know, a play up on everybody a little bit more. We're starting to skate a lot faster down the ice. And
0: um, less turnovers, like you said. So. And you can see a bigger confidence in the D1 team. Because, you know, they mm-hmm. started off kind of slow uh, during the season. But you can tell in every aspect you're talking about, they've been here lately. I mean, when they start off 0-5, and, uh just build off that Arizona, Arizona was their first uh, D1's first one of the year. So ever since then, been been winning. It was. Uh, yeah, so you're right? absolutely correct.
1: And that's a huge win too, because like being a you know, a ranked team and everything like that, that that's gotta be a huge confidence booster like you're saying, Tim. I just can't imagine it not being a huge confidence booster. So if you were gonna break down some of the players and stuff, do you do you have what would you what would you say about uh, about that, Matt?
2: Well, um for sure our uh our leading scorer by quite a big margin is uh Chris Stovall. Um he's leading with uh 16 points and uh he i mean the, the guy's averaging like three points per game uh, he is he is our offense on this team basically um, he's a fantastic player um, he, just, he doesn't have surprisingly you would think he would have some game winning goals with with all of those points and all of those goals scored, but uh, he actually does not um. The, the guys that uh, that tend to have the most uh, game-winning goals for us are actually not our point leaders. Um, most of the guys that have our, our uh, game-winning goals for us, um, the one that has the most points as far as uh, game-winning goals is a guy named uh, Josh Fletain. Uh, mm-hmm. He's got nine points on the year. Um, he's averaging uh, a point per game, but uh, we actually don't have anyone that has more than one game-winning goal which is, uh, it's, it's really kind of odd
0: considering
2: that we have, uh, like I guess, like I mentioned, uh, Sobel, Chris he's got 16. And then our next, uh, next score down Alexander Cooser, um, that guy's got 11 points on the year and still no game, no goal. So it's really, uh, it's really odd. In that specific. normally you see some guys with, uh, that high of an amount of points and, uh, points per game, especially, um, you see some game winning goals in their stats as well, but they really don't have any, uh, between those two. Now our, our third four are down, um, and he's, uh, he's a guy, uh, mm-hmm. Mr. Sainz there. Uh-huh. He's got uh, nine points on the year. He's again, average in a uh, point per game. Um, and he, uh, He's got, uh, let's see. Stains has, uh, six assists on the year. And again, with assists, man, Chris Doval. And Chris Doval is, he's a guy that was, uh, a farm player from that, uh, D3 team. I know. Um uh, uh-huh. but he's just, he is one of the guys that he has to be having a good game if we're going to have a chance. Um, he's our quality he, player. He's, he's our good, yeah. good guy. He's he's the leader of that team, for sure. Uh, there's there's exactly. no question about that. Um, just uh, his assists, and uh, he's played uh, 17 games on the year. I mean he's 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 fantastic. You know, there's
0: there's really not uh-huh. much
2: that you can't say about the guy. Um, That's excellent. That's excellent. So and you
0: mentioned and you, sorry, and you mentioned the 17 games. Uh, so I was looking. That you were only a couple guys really on the roster Has played all those games in hockey where he's really getting bruised up and probably a lot of minor injuries, at least after a lot to play every game. Like you're talking yeah. About. Definitely. He's a, he's an Ironman. That's, that's
2: it's real nice. Yeah. That is Yeah. Nice. He and, uh, he and Stains both, um, uh, of our three top scorers, you know, uh, he and Stains are the ones that have played all the games. Um, Stains also played 17 and, uh, then as far as, another uh Iron Man player is uh, Dakota Copley. And uh Copley he's he's great. Um five assists on the year, like I said, he's played all seventeen. He's got uh, eight points on the year, he's averaging about uh, two points a game. Um and then uh, he's a real aggressive guy too, man. He uh he's got uh thirty six uh thirty six penalty minutes oh, wow. so far. Yeah. <laughs> well man I boy, like to hear that. I, well, if you like hearing that, here's what's really wild about Stovall. Uh, Stovall, he's almost got the most penalty minutes. He is third in penalty minutes. On top of being number one in points and points per game and assists, he is third in penalty minutes, which is so – a Stovall's going to store on you and punch you in the mouth. Right exactly, ahead. yeah. <laughs> he's not afraid to – uh he, he's not afraid to maybe high-stick you if you deserve it or something like that. You know, if he's got to, he might reach across there and hook you. I mean, he's, uh, you know, it, it's obviously none of these guys are dirty players, man. Uh, we we really uh, – I don't think we have a reputation for being a dirty team, especially from the games that I've watched, and I've watched quite a few of them. Yeah, we're not like
1: Florida, you know. Now. No, <laughs> not like or no <laughs> certainly
2: not. <laughs> But everybody knows they're dirty. Yeah, well, you know, man, I'll tell you what, uh, I did watch Arizona. Uh, they, uh, they, I, I don't, I don't normally like calling the team dirty, but man, they, they borderline on it. Arizona, that that game that I saw, the one that we won, uh, they really get out there and, and we'll put it on you. They'll they'll push the boundaries of what's legal out there, man. Well, uh, look, look, man, if they're
1: being dirty, man, call them out on it. And that's one of the things we try to do on this podcast. You know, we don't try to hold back and, you know, be all nice and this, that, and other. I mean, if, if you're, you know, an issue and we think you're an issue, we're going to tell you, what, you know, whether you're a player or a coach or whatnot. So, you know, don't yeah. hold back. If it's another team, if it's something that's going on that you don't like, man, let it out there. This is your outlet.
2: Well, I they uh they were definitely one of the one of the worst that I had seen on the year as far as uh keeping those sticks on the ice, you know, which is a real mm-hmm. big point of emphasis, especially within uh college hockey. Keeping those sticks on the ice, because that's a real uh it can be a real serious issue, you know. Heisting, mm-hmm. especially against the boards and stuff like that. Um team wind up really uh knock people's teeth out and just uh Cause some real damage, high sticking, but um, no, they're they're not uh, they're not as bad as some teams that I've seen, mm-hmm. but uh, they, they they certainly start to push the boundaries a little bit. Arizona, um, so good luck to the players tonight, though. Uh, I really do believe that it's a it's a game that we ought to win.
0: Just so, um,
1: just for an update here, we're up two to zero, or. Uh...
0: Right now it says or is that, are we up? It, says it up. looks like it looks like Arizona. It's Arizona it's two to zero right. Now. It didn't just uh, start. There was an intermission. It said next period or, so, or maybe So obviously it didn't start. So we're start second period. Up. It must be. Or,
1: yeah.
0: I'm wondering I wish it, I wonder if it was 0-0 zero, zero in a second second period. It's really period. weird. So
1: U of A two, and then it's got the Arizona
0: logo, and then it says Arkansas zero. When I when I click on this link, whatever this uh, the YouTube link or whatever, somebody's comment was for, cameraman sucks. It's like, it's like <laughs> oh, I didn't have high expectations for it. So <laughs> I can
1: I tell you right blank. now, looking at it, man, it's not the Jones Center. It is empty. I mean, I'm every yeah. time I see a video of the Jones Center, it, it seems like it is packed it, full up there. And Remember, I
0: used to go in college. It, the this, looks like this, this, this looks like a nice arena too. Uh huh. <laughs> it like nobody, oh, it's got like Gatorade and Fox Sports, uh, advertisements advertisements yeah. Yeah. So, wow, well,
1: goodness. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think they're up on it. it. But uh, we can come back from two. It's just not like we're getting blown out.
0: Yeah, none so. of those games against Arizona were. Uh, low scoring, where it's like you know they were five the mm-hmm. three and three two games, so you know yeah we, we can, can win tell,
1: the yeah. three 3-2. Yep, I love these Razorback jerseys, man. I gotta get me one. Yeah,
2: these hockey jerseys are just the best. All right, yeah, so, that's one um, thing that I'm really looking forward to getting myself is uh, a nice Razorback hockey jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Man. So, so Matt, did have you talked about?
1: Um, the D three team and take us a little bit through that. I know we spent a lot of time on D one and that was really exciting. I'm glad you brought the players in. I mean you had a lot more to say than we've had and, and I'm just really excited yeah. to have somebody on to really speak to hockey. So how about that D three team? I mean, can we win a national championship
2: this year? Uh man, it's gonna be uh, it's gonna be tough. But it is definitely not out of the realm of possibility. Um, that Division three team is a serious contender, and they're a serious contender for national championships just that every year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just something about that Division three team. I don't know what it is. I don't know where they're getting these guys from because they, they come from all over the country. Um, we mm-hmm. we have very few guys that are actually from the state of Arkansas. I believe it's like two, three at the most that are actually from the state of Arkansas. Um, the rest of them is just uh, – they just are able to recruit somehow and get these guys to, to come play hockey here at uh, Arkansas, which is fantastic, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm really glad to see it. And it's well, that's one of those the coaches. You guys said the coaches must be doing a good job there of a recruit like that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, that's, that's exactly what it comes down to is coaching at that point. And just, yeah. you know – being able to get out there and be as competitive as they are year after year at that D three level, and mm-hmm. uh, they play good teams. Um, they, they oh play, yeah, well, uh, we're one of the lot really
1: good teams. We're one of the powerhouses in the SEC when it comes to D three.
2: That not, I mean, that's. I remember when I was in college. It was oh, like every year we were winning the SEC. So we're the powerhouse in the SEC. I mean, that's. It's not one of the powerhouses in the SEC. We are the powerhouse of the SEC as far as hockey in, in Division III. Um mm-hmm. There's really not anyone else in the SEC that really even comes close to what we mm-hmm. do. Um, Alabama has a good
1: year this year, though. I did not say they ranked at number – what was Alabama ranked at? Did you say that, Dan?
0: Yeah, they were um, – they were ranked 19. Sorry, yeah, 19, same poll That we were talking about. With was that D3 or was that D1? Uh, that was that was D1. Um, D1. Okay. That was the poll. That was the pole that, that Lindenwood, who we had played, and Couchie's pretty good, but they're under uh, uh, in St. Louis. They're number one in the in the country, and they're 12 and 0. So that's no shame. In, uh, no, no. We had also Arizona, Oklahoma that we play, Alabama, Colorado, Colorado State. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know,
1: I just thought I saw that. I didn't want really to interrupt you, Matt. I just wanted to throw that out there. It just kind of jogged my memory. But, yeah, no, I totally agree with you. I think we are probably the, the biggest powerhouse year in, year out in the SEC. I mean, other teams have good years, but we're just constant. Yeah, for
2: sure. Um, there's no doubt about that. Uh, you know, there's, it's like any other sport. Um, there's going to be years when some guys are – they're just they're going to, have to be on, and they're going to be able to propel a team beyond what they would normally be, and uh, it is it's it's good to see you know you like you like to see competitiveness, especially within conference, because that's just going to boost your standings nationally. You know, uh-huh. it's going to help you out tremendously, but um, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility for Arkansas to win a Division Three national title. Um I said, it, it, it's it's going to be difficult um, just because it's competitive. It's, mm-hmm. it's a competitive in Division three. Um But it is something we can do. Um, but just getting yeah. into uh
1: oh, we're going. I know D3's been to the playoffs several times, and I
2: think we've been pretty deep in the playoffs, if I can remember correctly. They have, yeah. Um they have not won a national championship yet, but they have mm-hmm. gotten very deep in the playoffs. Um, and uh, as far as their upcoming game, we don't have anything going on tonight, but uh, tomorrow night we do. Uh, we're oh. going to be up in Springfield. Um, Missouri. Uh, yes, correct. Yes, yeah, Springfield, Missouri. So it's uh, it's not a real hard drive. Um, if you're one of those fans that goes and supports them, um up in Springdale, then it's uh it would really be fantastic if we could get some fans up there in Springfield, Missouri to show some support. Um That'd be nice. That'd be nice not, it's not, out, it's out not a road. bad drive. No, it's not terrible at all. Um it, it is not too bad. Um let's see the uh the, the game tomorrow is gonna be at one uh, PM um just a little bit early But uh, we've got another one on Saturday. Um, It's also at 1 p.m. The the game tomorrow is uh, taking on Kansas. And then uh, Saturday, we're taking on Nebraska. And those are some real big games. And then Sunday as well, we're still playing in Springfield. And that's a super early game. That one's 8.45 in the morning. Hockey with breakfast. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) It doesn't get much better than that. Uh Yeah. Hey I mean, hey,
0: never, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, you're fine. Uh uh something I noticed uh in the regions uh for the D three um in that Pacific region, so it's one of the four regions of the Pacific region in Kansas, Nebraska, both ahead of us in the yeah. standing right now. And then sure. Wisconsin Plattinville is behind us. But I thought it was cool. Um I noticed that earlier this week. It's like wow, that's kind of a round robin of kind of in conference opponents. It oh, is, wow. yeah. like, like you just said, those are huge, especially Kansas
2: and Nebraska ahead of you. Those are really, really big games for us. Um, like you just pointed out, those are both Pacific region, and those are both teams that are ahead of us in points right now. So and if we're to go up there and beat them,
0: that would be tremendous.
2: And it's a true neutral
0: site. I mean, in Springfield, we're actually the closest. Kansas is probably the next closest, but the other teams –
3: yeah,
2: Nebraska's definitely going to have a drive for fans to get up there. Yeah. Um, that's going to be a bit of a stretch, but you never know, man, uh, especially with teams like, like Nebraska and those states, you know, Nebraska, Wisconsin, all those Midwestern states, man, those guys get real deep with hockey. I mean, they're just, uh, those, they're, they're just Canadians, but uh, a little bit meaner, basically, in those Midwestern states like that, you know, so, uh, we got we a bummer all, of a like hockey
1: night for this here guys. A, a fight called Arizona Swords. Nah, oh, so. man. It's so, it's hard. It's hard. so it didn't just, just go to third period. That's
2: good. Uh, like, yeah,
1: um, that's but right. we're fighting. I mean, we we're fighting. So just wanted to just wanted to let that out there
2: while we're talking about it. Well, their case will come back. That's for sure. Uh, they, yeah, uh, you know, the nice thing about the hockey
1: is this: this year isn't D one's year, and D yeah. does really good. That mean like to me, that's okay because we're doing good in one of our divisions. You know, yeah, and then and then you're, and then next year you're getting more players from that D3 team that did really good into your D1 team. You know, you just you just need to get them some experience so they can get up there, and then you you, you have a shot at being better next year than you do than we are this year. And and so there's always hope there whenever you have that really good farm team. You know, and
2: we've only had the D1 team for I think two years now, so. Uh, I'm not sure exactly how long we've had the the D1 team, but yeah, it hasn't been just a real long time. um, It's two or three years. years. It hasn't been that long. Yeah. Well, it took us a little while to be able to get enough of those real good D3 players that uh, they thought could translate up into that uh, next conference, you know. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's, it's a young program, a young team. But, uh, like I said, like we pointed out already, they are, they're pulling heavily from that D3 team. They're using them as a farm team. And, uh, you know, while it's, while it's kind of unfortunate seeing some of those real good D3 players get pulled, um, it's fantastic seeing them go up and be competitive and help us out in division one. It really is. Uh, and it's great being able to have, like you pointed out, a division one team that, you know, if they're not doing so hot, you know, they're they're fighting tooth and nail but they're just not quite not quite pulling out those wins. You know, we've got that D three team that is just mm-hmm. kicking some serious butt down there. You know, they're they're giving you real good show. Um it's they're really something to be proud of. It's it's uh it's really fantastic something to watch. Can you
1: tell us a little bit about the D three uh players? I know that's um, we've never really got into the gear that I've always wanted the fans to hear about, so.
2: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um so, we've got, uh, our, our big time player as far as, uh, D3 is, uh, I'm gonna butcher this guy's last name, so I'll go ahead and apologize for that, man. <laughs> <But laughs> okay, it's, uh, just do the best you can. It's, uh, Griffin. Nugus DeWara, I believe is how you okay, pronounce so that last name. Yeah, we'll just call him Griff. <laughs> but uh, that works. he's uh, he's played 14 games this year, and uh-huh. uh, that's all of them. Um, uh-huh. So, and he has had, uh, let's see, <clears throat> nine assists, uh, 22 points. He's averaging five <laughs> points per game.
1: I mean 22 that points.
2: Good, Good low. Twenty two points. Five wow. points a game this is his average. Man, I got it is one. wild. when are we gonna get him up to D one? <laughs> I, I don't think he's gonna be at d D three uh much longer. I would imagine he will probably be a D one player next year, next season. Mm-hmm. But uh very low uh penalty minutes. He uh he's only got two penalty minutes all year. So he's That's probably why they bad. haven't brought him up yet. Yeah, it might be. Uh <laughs> now he uh he's he's probably just uh he, he's just a skilled player, man. He's he's a guy that you really don't want getting penalty minutes. Mm-hmm. Um typically you don't want your leading scorer to have a whole bunch of penalty minutes racked up, you know. Um it's usually not something that you're just real high on it's if you're number one scorer spending all the time in the box. unable to be out there, you know, putting the puck in the net. Um, But he's got two game-winning goals, man. This guy is, I mean, he's a clutch player. He's never off. Um, He's one of those dudes that just, as soon as his skates touch the ice, he's a serious, serious threat. He's scoring and scoring constantly. Um, And then our next one uh, is uh, Alexander Parisi. And, uh, Preci, he's, again, he's played all 14 games, um, nine assists, again, uh, same as, uh, Griffin up there. Uh, he's got, uh, 16 points on the year. Um, he's averaging a point per game and, uh, a little bit more on the penalty minutes, 20 penalty minutes so far. And he's had, uh, three game winning goals, though. So he's he is a very, very clutch player. He's that guy that when it comes down to it, you know, you're in that, you're in the final minutes of the game. He is a guy that you're trying to get the puck to. You're trying mm-hmm. to get him in line and get him in front of the net to get shots on the net. I mean, it's he's one of those guys that just is – he's a playmaker is what that right. is, you know. Um, and our next one up, uh, he hasn't played all the games this year. He's uh, hes only played 10 games on the year. It's a guy named uh, Tyler Baldwin. And, uh, he's got eight assists, uh, 13 points. So he's again, he's averaging a point per game, uh, um, a little over, um, a little bit more penalty minutes, 24 penalty minutes. Um, he hasn't had any game winning goals, unfortunately, but you know, he's, he's doing his thing. He's out there. He's getting, uh, he's scoring some goals for us. Um, I mean, we've really got some, some excellent players. Um, and then uh finally we've got uh Dylan Odalane. Uh uh-huh. he's played all fourteen games. Well he's he's an assist machine. I mean the guy's got ten assists on the year. Um so he's just fantastic with that. And he's not flashing in goals either. He's got uh twelve points. Another guy's averaging a point per game. Um, very few penalty minutes, eight penalty minutes, uh, no game winning goal. But, so all man, all of our game winning goals for the most part. Are uh, between Griffin and Parisi. I mean, they are just—they're the dudes that you just want to get puck to, you know. Mm-hmm. So, um, that's, uh, yeah, those are our big guys as far as that. And then, uh, oh, we didn't really talk about the goalie with, uh, with the uh, uh-huh. with the D one team. But, uh-huh. uh, our goalie down there for the D3 team is a guy named Alexander Callums and he is, uh, he's really fantastic. He's played in, uh, 13 games and he's eight fours in all the, in all the, uh, games that he's played in. He's got a 411 saves on the year. Oh, wow. It's saves and the scores
1: have been so low in these games, and he saved that many. Wow. His
2: save percentage is .915. So, I mean, he is – I mean, you're basically just shooting at a brick wall with that guy, you know. Um, He is not letting a lot happen. That's amazing. Yeah, he's he's something to watch. And that's a big – obviously, we've got fantastic scores, fantastic players on the offense, but our goalie – and D three is just great. He's he's someone that is even the, the game. He makes a wild save too. He really, yeah, really some, does. Somebody to
0: keep that definitely to watch. Uh, if anybody's interested, like a player to watch. It's always fun to watch a goalie just make stop after stop. Mhm.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, I mean, I'm guessing I was that at coaching. I am guessing you're happy with the coaches Matt. you feel like we got good coaches uh, for
2: the D one and D three teams. And... Yeah, definitely, um, especially D three. Like I said, man, they—it's uh, it's a testament to coaches that they're able to pull recruits from mm-hmm. so far away. And what is really, what's really wild is that you know these are club teams that we're talking about, mm-hmm. so. I mean, in fairness,
1: though, so, all the SEC, all the Southern schools right now have club teams. Oh, yeah. In fairness,
0: like, it's all the SEC.
2: Yeah,
0: club, the club's not a bad, uh, you know, notion of how your program is. Mm-hmm. There's not a whole lot of, I mean, all the teams that have NCAA affiliated, you know, I mean, there are so many problems with NCAA, it's actually cool to have, to have <laughs> a kind of separate entity. And those are all like in the north, you know, in there with North Dakota and Michigan and Minnesota. Places mm-hmm. like that. I mean, yeah. a lot of those they don't even have baseball up there, so Yeah. That's
3: that's
0: <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? So club club is very competitive. It's not like club um archery or, you know, club chess or anything. And at one no, time no. at one
1: time even, you know, years before even we remember our grandparents remember probably even uh, you know, one time that
0: the Razorback football team was pretty much just like a club ordeal. So yeah, think about it, I, that. Too. I mean, I mean, are those any like the main like I'm uh, looking at old mini guys to put Razorback football in They're playing like Fort Smith High School. and stuff. You know what I mean? Like in their back row mm-hmm. in their first day. So and and the Razorback hockey team's playing teams we play in other sport. You know, Alabama, Arizona. I mean, uh huh. Colorado right, teams and different teams that we don't get to play sports too. So. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, man. Yeah, I know.
2: And I, I, I definitely wasn't trying to be uh, negative with the uh, club connotation there. Um, it's just, uh, it's just really wild knowing that they are a club team and we're able to get such, we're able to get such high quality players and we get such good support. Um, uh-huh. It's uh, it's really a great thing to see. And I, I do wish that there was more. Like, I wish we would get these guys closer to campus and all that kind of stuff. Um, well, I just think the more they
1: win and the more they play, the more support we give them as fans, the faster we're going to see that
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's not the I – mean, um, Springdale's a different town, say, you know, it's not right on campus like those sports. It's, it's a blue-collar town, but, I mean, uh-huh. it's cool that I'm glad we at least had one in North mean, That's the only, like, indoor real hockey rink in, in Northwest Arkansas, so it's oh, not yeah. the, But maybe one... Yeah. was almost like saving grace this year,
1: too. It's almost the only thing kept me sane at certain parts of the year, the way well football programs went, so... Oh, for sure.
3: You know. Do they ever um,
1: do any Vegas, my, my bookie type um, ordeals on these uh, games where they, they give us any odds or anything where you can go and maybe lay a couple bucks down? No,
2: not on collegiate uh, hockey that I've seen. Um, I kind of, I tried to look for my bookie line, uh-huh. but I could not find anything personally. Okay. Um I haven't looked into it before now. Uh, I'm usually just looking at uh, football and basketball. So i never well,
1: if you, if when you when you bet on book, did you use the uh, the hog call promo code? And did you, uh, you know, did you double your money when you when you when you signed up for it? Or?
2: Oh, of course, you'd be a fool not to. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Well, cool. yeah,
1: because I know they said they'd match it up to a thousand. You know, it's, it's it's neat hearing from somebody who's you know,
2: went on there and done that. Yeah, well, they definitely do it up to 50. I know that. <laughs> yeah, they do
1: payouts and all?
2: Yeah, oh, super fast. It's immediate. Oh, wow.
1: That's good to i another.
2: just a whole bunch. But <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's great to get that feedback. So, I think, you know, I appreciate you coming on. The question that Matt had for us is, why don't we talk more about hockey? So, uh, we just reached out to him and said... What do you know about it? And uh, he said he stopped it. And look at there, you got you got what you asked for, man. Um, let me ask you this: Let's go and and kind of transition into uh, into basketball. So, what's your what what is the South Arkansas, the Little Rock take on on basketball? What are you seeing as far as like is, is everybody excited about this young team down there? Are they kind of tuned out? Like, what's what's the atmosphere in Little Rock and South Arkansas right now,
2: Matt? Uh most people are so wrapped up in football still and it's it's just uh it's so early on. It's so tough to get at the moment. Um there's definitely excitement and people you do talk to that keep up with it. Um but it's uh it's a little early for a lot of people that are uh still just so wrapped up in football at the moment. Um and it's like I said, or like you said, with it being such a young team um, it's a little tough for uh for some people to to start getting involved early. There's it's one of the one of the things about college basketball is early in the year, you know, it's with it starting up right whenever football is starting to get real competitive and everyone is just kinda um, so wrapped up in it. Uh there's you don't generally get a lot of interest down here, but there is, there's more this year, it seems like, um, cause the football team has been so, uh, poor as far as competitiveness. I mean, at this point, you know, it's guaranteed we're not going to get a bowl game or anything like that. So, um, which is unfortunate, but it's, mm-hmm. you know, one of the good things about it has started to push people a little bit more into basketball and there's uh, there's some excitement. Um, especially after that first game. I mean, it was just – it was so fun to watch. Um, defensively, we looked great in that game, I thought. Um, mm-hmm. Offensively, we were making some, some mistakes. Uh, you know, there were quite a few just moments that left you scratching your head. <laughs> as far as passing uh, and some other things. You know, I think their age kind of showed quite a bit. Uh-huh. Um you can tell that most of those guys are not used to playing with each other, um, and they're not used to playing, obviously, at the collegiate level yet. You know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's yeah. just a lot of freshmen, a lot of real young guys, but they showed a lot of promise. Uh, I totally agree with that.
1: So, Sam, so, I mean, this is your area. What? Uh, yeah.
3: What what what's the what's the uh
0: what's out what I wanna say first uh I wanna say first, Matt, thanks for coming on and talking about hockey. i uh fired me up even more. Uh something we've been missing. We wouldn't talk talk about hockey, but it's when when hockey, basketball and football are intersecting like this, it is hard to hard to be able to keep up with everything. Uh oh, yeah. Podcast, so, so thanks, Matt. But uh, also too that Matt's point about South Arkansas. Two basketball was uh combined with the first of uh hunt uh you know uh Oh, yeah. yeah. So it's and the thing about this hog team is uh we play Texas uh like you were mentioned last Friday and then we played UC Davis this Monday which is uh and then Indiana Sunday. So two out of the first three games which is unusual for us is to play some tough, you know, big big name opponents like Texas, Indiana. Uh, mm-hmm. so so it seems like it's kinda you gotta kinda get into basketball now. Uh, oh, yeah. It's a, it's a, uh, uh, to your first question, Chad, before I start thanking Matt, um, we had a chance to win against Texas. Um, that's obvious, but I, I agree with Matt. It was a fun game to watch. Um, we're a young team and we, we are competitive and, um, it kind of shows what you're in for. Even the first game with all these, I mean, nine new covers on the team, um, all these freshmen and, uh, kind of, uh, uh, gelling together. A uh, really young team and you saw them compete. Uh, Texas went on a, in that first half, went on a 22 to 2 run. Uh,
1: mm-hmm. They were hitting
0: three, three after three after three. Nolly, they, they were, the, the skip passes out on perimeter, um,
3: mm-hmm.
0: they were just, just killing us. Um, we weren't communicating real well on defense. You know, uh, I thought that and, was
1: the, the communication. I'm sorry. I I'm yeah, No, it was, you're, perfect. The communication aspect of it, like there was, there was, this has been bothering me since the Texas game. There was a moment where we we were driving the ball, and it was four on one, and we couldn't get our communication down to just get the passes we need to beat that one defender, and and wound up missing a simple, easy layup that we should have got just because the communication wasn't, you know, where it needed to be. And
0: I uh, saw well, that I was like, man, our communication is is rough, you know. Yes, yeah, yeah on the, especially when they're playing man to man and they're they're trying to play a little well, hey, man or zone defense. Uh, you want me to talk about mm-hmm. uh, it? really got better cause uh-huh. it overall overall the game, you know, we we held Texas to 31 percent shoot, which is really low. Um, they were 38 percent in the first half when they hit all those three, but the second half you could tell and you could tell the energy. Uh, uh, the players get more comfortable in that. uh They switched to the two-three zone a lot and forced mm-hmm. open shots. And uh, Texas only shot nineteen percent, and that's how we kind of battled back from that twelve, you know, double-digit deficit, which was another mm-hmm. good thing to see uh, from this young team. And goodness, if we would just hit our free throws, that was
1: one of the things that just yep. frustrated me oh, yeah. so much. Oh, it's like the gotcha. free throws cost us the game. How are we so bad at free throws? And then I went and watched the U C Davis game and same thing. Still horrible free throws. And if that team would have been better we would have lost that game too because we can't hit those free throws. We've gotta hit our free throws to beat these better teams. And that's that's from a fan's perspective obviously, but golly, I mean, like, how do you how do you fix that? You know? How do you how do you get them shooting the free throws? I don't know but that's, I mean, if I'm Mike Anderson, I'm thinking I'd like to see him just chain up, you know, the call Coliseum, lock
0: them in there, and make them shoot free throws for like three days straight or something.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, they got. I
0: mean, you're losing points to the board. I will say, uh, like you're talking about in that UC Davis game uh, this past Monday, um, yes, yeah, the first half we were six out of fourteen, forty-three percent efficiency first Thursday. Came back in the second half, which was the last. Last half we've been able to play, we shot twenty one out of twenty seven, seventy eight percent. So I'm hoping to hang on that maybe maybe something that clicked in that second half and like our big Adriel Bailey was nine out of eleven for a Ford. That's real good and uh Gafford actually hit he hit about four in a row. So well, Gafford's maybe, good, maybe maybe that maybe that second half of the U C Davis game when they shot, you know, twenty one out of twenty seven. Maybe something clicked and we'll see that from around. But yeah, you can't you can't leave points on the board. Make one more free throw, uh, and it's a four. And Texas can't win. But so.
3: uh, yeah, that's.
1: Well, that's, I remember texting you and telling you like, if I was if I was coaching, um, I would just tell him foul Gafford every single time because yeah, ball, I'd rather have him a free throw line than you know, like he's he's gonna demolish it if you let him play it down low. You know, he's just. He's one of those guys, it's like at the beginning of the year, I said, we need somebody that can just dominate down low, and he can dominate down low. He's so impressive down low. And then uh, Joe, Isaiah Joe, wow, wow, how impressive is he? I mean, he just drains threes.
0: I mean, I'm talking from the hog tail, like, way back. Yeah, uh, Joe and Mason Jones, another guard, I mean, Joe hits five threes against, five out of eight against Texas, you know. I mean, that's a great, I mean, that's that's big time uh, efficiency from three point line, um, and then Jones and UC Davis hit four out of seven. So they kind of, if we can get both of those guys to really hit uh, that in the forty percent, forty five percent range of three, maybe fifty percent. I guess.
1: Oh yeah, and then I also noticed that Jalen Harris. He, he's what I, what I noticed was he he hits these like mid range shots, like like. Uh, a free throw range, just all over the, you know, just all over the court. He's not quite down low. He's not quite in that three point range, but he's hitting all these, he's hitting all these shots. And you got that levels of depth that um, I think once our communication gets better, it's going to make us better and better.
0: Yeah, Harris at that point ball position, really, um, he's uh, he gets to the basket, and the best thing about that, is, uh, you know, tougher teams, are not going to hit wide open layups. Mm-hmm. You know, all the, all, all the time as easy as, uh, to pitch. but what he does is kick it, kick it over to Gafford for the, uh, several times this year, uh, uh, kick drives and either, uh, hands it off or, you know, pretty much to Gafford down low and he dunks, or he kicks it out to Isaiah Joe or Jones for three pointer. Uh, but mm-hmm. yeah, he's someone that's not, you know, doesn't need to really take a lot of threes. He did it against Texas, but he had a lot of open threes. So he's capable of doing it, but his best game is driving to the basket and like you said, mid range shot. Um Chad, you're talking about that free throw situation with Anderson. I, I I have to agree with you. Um up three, I think I think he foul and um maybe kinda um what he was thinking is let's say they hit um, let's say they make or take one and then miss the second intentionally to get to get Gaffer the free throw, you know. Yeah, keep getting that situation set up. Also, we talked about this in football, and the coach kind of more not believing in maybe a defense to get a stop or offense to get a yard against Colorado State or whatever. Maybe uh-huh. he was, he's the kind of, he's, Anderson is very stubborn in his ways, and I think maybe a lot of that was just like, no, I, I believe in my defense. I'm I'm giving my players the belief that they can, you know, play quality enough defense to not even, you know, they can't get yeah. a shot off or a good shot off. So. But I agree with you. I think in that, I think in that situation, he should foul. And
2: yeah, that is that right. what do you think? Yeah, um that was one of the, the biggest takeaways I had from that Texas game, especially was just how unfortunate, uh, Arkansas was with free throw shooting. And, uh, it's, especially Gafford, uh, it kind of blew my mind because the guy's so talented. I mean, when he's, when he's underneath, Good luck driving on that guy. I mean, he just, he was blocking shots left and right. Um, He was really great. Um, Mm -hmm. As soon as he got up to the point where he was starting to shoot, it was just, he could not make his free throws. It was really, really wild to watch and see because the guy is so talented everywhere else. Mm -hmm. But as soon as he gets up to that free throw line, man, it's just, It it, it reminded me exactly of, like, Shaquille O'Neal later in his career. And everyone always thought about Shaquille O'Neal that way, that he couldn't make free throws. But he was really good at it in college. Whenever he played at LSU, he was good for Mm a big guy. It was one of the things he was really known for, being able to shoot um, free throws and just from the field. But then later in his career, he couldn't shoot at all. So it's really wild to see Gafford struggling with it already. Um, and it's, you know, it, it really is just one of those things where if you get in trouble against Arkansas late in the, in a game, all you've got to do is exactly what Texas
0: did. Just foul. foul guys. Yeah. Foul before he does this. Why not? I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Foul. I agree. Yeah. Get in there. Hey, guys. Uh, oh, sorry. No, go ahead, man.
2: Well, I was just going to say, I appreciate you guys having me on and stuff, man. I love talking hockey. Uh, I love being able to talk to kind of the basketball that I did, but I do have to get off of here. Um, if you guys have me again, I'd love to uh, come back on here and, and uh, give you my thoughts on anything else you might like to hear them on. Uh, we'll see what fan feedback is. I might not be back at all. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Oh, I
1: Wait, think you did too. a
0: wonderful job. Ah, I appreciate ah, coming you coming on. Yeah, I really hope you can come back on again. So that's Matt's that's Matchup brought to you by my bookies. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, it's the new segment, mass Matchup. Mass matchup, I like that. And go ahead,
1: there, there might be a better hockey, a better a hockey term. Promo code Yeah, code. <laughs> I'm
0: there's sure there's better can, hockey thing that starts with an M or something that goes with your name. Feel free to use it. I just wanted to. Yeah,
2: I'm, a I'm sure we I'll can.
0: We can parlay mass matchup into a deep segment.
2: That sounds pretty good though. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like <laughs> so thank that. Thank you. Uh, great, yeah. Thank you guys again. I appreciate it, and uh I'll be back. as Long as right. no one has any serious objections to it. Go Hawks! All right,
0: man. Matt. Well, thank yeah, you. We'll see you later. go Hogs. Go Hogs. And everybody, thanks to Matt again. Everybody else, stay on um, and listen. We still got some basketball and uh, like two games left of football. So, man, this is a long. You know, oh yeah, it a long, long, long. Okay.
1: You, better, you better be ready for this podcast if you're tuning in. <laughs>
0: but the thing is,
1: is it's like you're getting everything. You, need, you know what I mean? Right, sure. And so, if you're not a if you're not a hockey guy, you can always. You know, click the 30-second thing and fast forward whatever you feel like you need to do. But you know, I feel like 95% of the people that are listening to this podcast weren't here at all, and that's why they're tuning in. You know, because all the other podcasts they give you a little football, they might touch on a little bit of basketball, but they ain't giving it to you like we do.
0: Oh no, they're rehashing the same old stuff over and over. Never really game by game kind of <laughs> thing that we talk about. You know what I mean? Too they kind of mm-hmm. generalities and have a. Fans whining and complaining. Hey, we we do enough for our own without needing some of it. <laughs> so we yeah, get that Matt calling. I'm sorry. I don't know. Um, so uh, so check it out. Um,
1: here's the person that I'm looking at right now. It says Reggie Chane, and, and okay. I see him trot out onto the court, and I'm like, Whoa, this dude! Look at him.
0: Well, yeah. when is he gonna? When is he gonna blow up? So, um. Absolutely, Chad. This is a guy that I had high expectations for coming in because, like you said, the look of him, he's hes built. Um, he's, he's five He's seen flat. He's gotten eleven minutes both games. You know, he came in the Arkansas game or Texas game, got eleven minutes. And uh-huh. uh, UC Davis, uh, he had five rebounds, which is what we needed. Four fouls. You know, three turnovers weren't great. So, but he's getting in there, getting aggressive in there. You know, not only took one shot. Um, mm-hmm. They're not they're pretty efficient and the next thing comes in same nine of eleven minutes, um has he takes one out of four shots, but he was more aggressive in the hoop down low, which needs somebody in the post uh down low taking more shots, He only gets uh-huh. one rebound. And but he's a guy that's got a step up. He's about six seven, six eight, uh a uh, a big body who you need. Um uh, not 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 comparing them to Corliss, obviously. But you know, like a, a a more of a cordless build than a big yeah. center, and more of a power forward uh but we need him for. I I think he will step up but um but I agree with you Chad. He uh somebody our bench uh kind of speak on that has to step it up. The starting lineup of Jalen Harris is point guard, Mason Jones and Isaiah Joe at the guards and then Adrian Bay power forward and Gafford at center um is a really good starting five and mm-hmm. this is the first couple of games you kind of saw, even in Texas, is um, that, that lineup gets a pretty good lead. And then, uh, once the bench comes in, the bench can play good defense, but can't score. Um, mhm so, so like, you yeah. some other guys, but definitely changing who, cause he was a highly titled prospect. Um so he's, he's, he's got, he's got potential and I agree with you. That's one guy I want to really see. I want to give him, see him get 10 rebounds, even if he only scores two points.
1: You know, I think we're going to be all right. So I guess my question to you is this, Tim, is when we look at um, the, the the basketball program, all right, and we see that we lost to uh, Texas, which is a really disappointing loss. It's something that, you know, I was really bummed out about. And it was a very, very close game. So it's really hard to gauge, you know, where we're at uh, right now with this program. So with that loss to Texas, does that mean that, you know, we're – not as good as a program as we were. I mean, we went and won that, you know, UC Davis game. Does that mean we're a better program? Uh, like, where do we rank as far as what type of program um, that we are when it comes to that uh, UC Davis game and that
0: Texas game and how close it was? Well, I think the Texas game, um, you know, they were kind of the favorites in that matchup. Um, uh, the fact that we should have won it is – the main thing that uh, makes the match. You know, when they went on that big run and it was 27 to 15, I mean, I thought, wow, this seems too young. You know, I don't know how the season's going to go at that moment. I thought that. And uh, we battled back and uh, held them to 19% shooting in the uh, second half and really came on and showed me that we can compete this year and it's going to be a fun season. But we should have had that win. Um mm-hmm. and, uh, Free throws, obviously, the main thing. I mean, anybody can see the free throws are the main thing. Um, Gafford makes one more thing, uh, you know, but these are things. Make the free throws. Um, You know, we have stupid turnovers. um, And I'm not picking on Gafford because he's -hmm. he's awesome. And, I I mean, you know, good Lord, he's – I don't know what we would do without him this year, but it's things that he can correct. He's been getting double-teamed a lot. He has six turnovers against Tech. Just take – you know, a couple late, but then of course he had 12 rebounds, 20 points, shot over 50% for the field. Just make a couple free throws, you know, and don't turn it. I mean, big guy's going to get double team turnover, but just not six times in today's against UC Davis. But the season is uh, far from over, um, but we, we we really need to beat Indiana to get it. I think beating Indiana would make me feel a lot better. Um, is there a good team? Yeah. And that takes splitting between Texas and Indiana would be, uh, I think, I think, Pretty
1: nice. Yeah, I agree, and I think that's something that uh, you talked about before. Was like we need to take at least one of those games uh-huh. to win. So you know, we really need to uh, really need to win that Indiana game, um, and that's going to make us feel a lot better about where
0: we're at. Oh, exactly. Um, uh, I think do you want to move on to the Indiana game? Let's talk about that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm ready to okay. go whenever you um i got to watch a little bit uh, they played Marquette last night uh Marquette's number twenty four in the country and any in it i mean absolutely uh am of them from the get-go. i think they started off on a nineteen to four lead and ended up beating them ninety six to seventy three i mean twenty three point win over a, a you know a top team that um was really nice um they it's a, but this is Indiana. They're three and right now. They beat Montana state who will play next week and they beat Chicago state. All the these defense pretty good. he Montana state 35 points. Chicago state 55 points. These up mm-hmm. three games have been in Bloomington, Indiana. Um, and, and a lot when I noticed that Marquette and they were kind of playing like us where they really want to get in the transition, they uh, mm-hmm. uh, and run fast paced offense and, uh, and, and. Marquette go a little faster. They set off the home crowd, which we like to do at Boatwalt Arena too. So it'll be kind of a different... It'll be Indiana's definitely toughest match uh, so far this year. Yeah, no, I I can see that for sure. So, I'll go ahead. No, that's all right. I was going to say, in Indiana, was missing three or four guys uh, against against Marquette. Uh, They've got a a couple guys coming back, but their main, main guy, um, is Romeo Langford, who's kind of a shooting guard. He handles the ball, the ball a lot, not, not necessarily a traditional point guard, but he's mm-hmm. not got the best jump shot, but he he gets to the rim, um, scores big time. I think he's top, uh, the, the television who brought us the game said he's second all time in Indiana high school basketball. Oh league. wow. So he scored 3,000 points in high school and Indiana you know, the likes of uh, Oscar Robertson, Larry Bird, big time, big time, big time. They, they, that's their favorite. They, they live and die for basketball. So that mm-hmm. that guy, he can score. And watch that game, I mean, he, I mean, you can tell. I mean, he, he wants to put up thirty, forty a game. You he, know, he's going to get to the hoop. I mean, he's a true freshman, top five recruiting in the nation, it's going to be a tough matchup for our defense. Yeah, that's impressive. Um, and they kinda, oh, yeah, and they uh, um, they play a lot of band D, kind of like us. Uh, they like to switch, play a lot of help, kind of aggressive. They uh, When they were getting a big lead against Marquette, they were turning them over with the pressure D. Um, mm-hmm. And then on offense, they they take quick shots. And when I do my prediction, it's going to reflect that it's going to be a high-scoring game, I think. Oh, yeah. And, um, uh, so it should because they kind of want to play like us, transition, quick shots. You know, in any kind of half court situation, they'll move the ball around looking for a three. They take a good amount of threes inside, you know, out. so they'll, they'll do some things. Also note, I had, they have limited depth just like us, so it, uh, they don't have as good of a bench kind of just like us. Oh wow, that's cool. I mean, that's,
1: I mean, I say that's cool, that's good, you know, because it's yeah. good that, that, that we're be on a you know on the same level so we don't have to oh. worry about like them just jumping them out, out. Yeah. yeah yeah so that'll be you know we're gonna have to worry about that when we play kentucky yeah. so yeah. it's nice that we're gonna be able to you know and these teams that we play i mean playing some good teams but it seems like if we can get past indiana with a win um we looking really kind of uh, almost on cruise control until we get into the SEC now. Is that crazy? I mean, I no,
0: I'm not. No, a, no, I'm a I, I basketball think, guy. So <laughs> I, I think, oh, absolutely, you are. Um, um, I think, like you said, you beat Indiana. You show that you're that good of a team. I think, I think we go the rest of the way until conference play. I mean, I would say at most of the loss, maybe some money us, But I think, I think we win every game. Most mm-hmm. of the games are in Bud Walton or one game in Little Rock and one in Fort Collins it's Colorado State, but I think we'll get kind of rematch from that football game. I think we'll be, we're better in basketball, so I think I think definitely we could go on a, you know, starting with Indiana, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, mm-hmm. 8, 9, 10 game win streak. The 11 and 1 before we go A&M. There's oh, one non-confer- more non-conference game, because that's like a SEC Big 12 champion. That's challenge, and that's later in January. That'd be it, big at Texas Tech, but but I think starting 11-1 going to conference play would be big. And it hinges on this game. This is a big game. Oh, yeah. And even if, let's
1: say, we win this game and then we drop another game, you know, yeah. it's, still, it's still set. It's so, you're still set going into conference play.
0: The way Indiana looks right now, uh, especially how they play and, uh, with Langford and other guys, I mean, how they're supposed to be, they're kind of right. They were in kind of all the polls, which everybody admits even preseason polls are great. You never know. They were all 26, 27 on, you know, the poll. So they're, they're going to be in the top 25 next week with a really good team. And I would, I'd rather beat Indiana than beat, you know, I would trade be, definitely beating Indiana over beating, you know, Georgia Tech or Austin Peay or somebody mm-hmm. like that. So I think beating Indiana would give us even a leeway on another loss. Yeah. I totally agree with you on that. So let's see. That's going to be Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm.
1: November 18th. So this Sunday we play in Kansas. Yeah, then we play, on Wednesday, Montana State. So we're going to have th- three games this week. And then on that Friday, we're playing uh, Texas-Arlington. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess we got two games
0: before the next podcast. Yes. Yeah, right? so, oh, yeah. So we'll be able to talk. I mean, it's big time. I think there's not really much to preview on Montana State. Um, there's a the Bobcat, okay. and they're in Montana. But, I mean, there's some teams uh, that have got, you know, they lost 80 to 35 to Indiana, lost to mm-hmm. Utah State by about 30. Uh, Big oh, okay. presentation. I don't even know who that is. That's their only win. I think it's a D2 school. They lost at Colorado State by four. So um okay. I think we could so we... handle them in the same way with Arlington's better basketball program. They beat Northern Iowa who's always pretty good in Missouri Valley, but we should we should be able to win these uh, well we don't need to talk about RLA because 'cause we'll do a podcast before then, but we should be yeah. able to win Montana State for sure. Yeah, and, and
1: two, uh, it's important to watch this Montana State game because they played close to Colorado State.
3: So mm-hmm. that's
1: gonna give us an idea of what we got to look at when the Colorado State game comes up uh December fifth, which isn't too far away. So,
0: no, how we point. play
1: Montana State is going to give us a precursor to how we're probably going to play
0: uh, Colorado State. So, I yeah, that that's important for the fans to check out. Mm-hmm.
3: And that Montana
0: State, they only lost uh, by four. They played a close game at Colorado State Road Game, where we're going as well. Mm-hmm. So, like you said, I mean, if Montana State plays as well, then we kind of know, hey, we we got got ourselves in for a matchup on the road in Colorado State, too, you know, here in a week or two. Mm -hmm. Like I said, it's coming
1: up. And, like, you know, like Matt was saying, it's it's hard to get into that uh, beginning of basketball and and stuff and all that because it's not, you know, it's not March Madness and all that stuff. But, I mean, you start looking at things like that, and that's that's where, like, that's your incentive to watch. You know, that's your incentive to uh, see. How good you are, what you're going to look like when you go up against uh, Colorado State. And, mm-hmm. you know, yeah, it's a smaller game, but it's still an important game because it gives you a uh, perspective for some of the other games you're going to play. So yeah, you know, the, the fans really need to get out here and support this basketball team.
0: And I think, I think basketball too, with these smaller schools like Montana State, UT Arlington, because there's 300 and there's 300 and I think 20, 330 division one basketball schools all these teams, there, I mean, they're not you know playing a one double A kind of football, you know, lower uh, division. They're all in the same division. There's there's tougher teams with a lot of junior and senior driven. I mean, they're tough matches. There, I think I think there's I think they're better to watch the games against Montana State are better to watch in basketball than than football, where you know you know mm-hmm. the pressure is even higher. Like you really need to show, like you should be beat them, you know, fifty five to seven or whatever. So mm-hmm. they're all no, they're I all agree. interesting to watch and. And those are two games, also games with this young team. You can see kind of how Reggie Chaney, Ethan Henderson, uh, Keyshawn Andrews, all all the freshmen, new guys, at Desi Seals bench. Like how they how they develop and kind uh, of get better. They'll get more playing time. hmm Yeah, I totally agree with that. So, uh, well, I mean, I'm excited.
1: Uh, should we do predictions on? Yeah, let's
3: we'll
0: Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll okay. tell you my Indy.
3: Oh,
0: yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I want to tell you my my score for the uh, Indiana game is ninety four to eighty seven Razorbacks. Ninety four eighty seven Razorbacks. <laughs> All right, that's a, that's a bold prediction. <laughs> I expected um, to be high scoring. I got kind of got wrapped up in that Indiana game <laughs> I saw recently. Okay, okay. Um, I'm
1: going to kind of take a take a take on the past. Um, okay. I think that this may not be as high scoring as we think it's going to be. I think we will see some better defensive play um, okay. than we've seen. I'm going to go ahead and say 82-75 Arkansas.
0: Nice. I like that, too. And the reason I was kind of getting up high, too, the, I did I halfway mention this, but the 94s for the year we won the championship and 87s for the last year in the one national championship. They've won actually five in their history. That was mm-hmm. the last one eighty seven. So I thought ninety four eighty seven kind of high scoring, like I was thinking. Was kind of interesting for that fact. But yours is probably going to be more right on. And there's no line uh, for my book here or anywhere because kind of early for college basketball games to be. Uh, oh, okay. I bet there'll be one coming up, it's kind of maybe a day early before it's kind of mm-hmm. set. Cause I think yeah, maybe, sure. maybe, maybe maybe it's because basketball. There's more games played in the league. Mm-hmm. You know?
1: Well, I'm sure my bookie's going to have the game on there. So if you do want to go and throw a couple bucks on the game, go ahead and use promo code Hog Call. They're going to match whatever you put into your account uh, up to a thousand
0: dollars, and so you'll be playing with some free money. Oh, absolutely. I would say Indiana's probably probably be the favorite, even after the walk mm-hmm. anything, But that's what now Montana
1: yeah. State, I could see that not being. I could see them not putting a money line up on that. Yeah, and now if they do, I bet we're favored by fifteen twenty. Yeah, So, it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see.
0: Um, well, so I give to quick, well, I guess I'll get a quick, well I guess i get a quick prediction from Montana State. I'll just go ahead and say 83 to 56. Um, 83 to 56. Yeah.
3: Okay, okay.
1: So I guess, uh, I'm gonna say,
0: Ninety-six to fifty. Congratulations. Oh, well, I like it. Oh. I, hope, I, I Definitely, I'm going with yours. I like that. Ninety-six to fifty. I can <laughs> see it happening. <laughs> but I think uh, we, need, we need to be tuned up for the next podcast. So um, oh, yeah. with that, I'm I'm ready to uh, – uh, I'm excited about the season, looking forward to more games. And with that, I can, I can move on to football.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, I agree with what you said. I think we, we got to, uh, I think we, we got to get a win against Indiana. I think that's going to be huge for us. I think that there's an opportunity there. I think we've had a lot of time to play a couple of teams. A Texas team, that's a really good team. Played them close, should have won that game. We know that. UC Davis, you saw the improvement in the play in UC Davis, especially in the second half. I think with that time off, I think Coach Anderson is going to really work on communication skills with him, and that's probably what he's going to be driving driving home. So expect us to come out and be communicating better, and to be playing more as a team when we play Indiana. That,
0: that's that's my bold that's my bold prediction. <laughs> I like it, Chad, because they're definitely the way um, on that that run that Texas went on um, first half, and they even. They, you could tell we were down after the missed free throws and that's uh, going into overtime and they, they kind of, they kind of had our way with our defense again. Um, but should, the key should be on defense and they had rest, um, and stopping, stopping Indiana's. I mean, they, they can score some points. So I think, like you said, I think it's a big key and I think the defense will step up. Um, I think last night I saw that Arkansas basketball, uh, they said that there was only 500 tickets left. At a mm-hmm. you know twenty twenty thousand seat arena, so maybe by tonight you know I'm sure there's even less. So this game hopefully will be sold out. Thankfully I've got my ticket. I'm ready to be there Sunday afternoon game. It's going to be exciting. I'm ready to hear back
1: from you. Hopefully we can get a little uh, we can get a little shout out after the game or something. Oh yeah. On the, oh man. Uh, podcast just get
0: maybe a
1: fifteen minute you know. Oh yeah.
0: Well, there's a good the the parking that's been available. You know. Uh, been at the football stadium, that parking lot. So hopefully it will be again and that walk back from the arena to the end will be nice. I know. I remember best putting a, on my... That's a chilly day. I think it's supposed to be in the 30s. So, you know, you're going to be fired up from being in a hot arena, uh-huh. like fired up after a big win. So, yeah. I remember, I remember putting on my
1: cowboy boots, walking over to the uh, basketball game and walking through the snow. And it's just it, – it's a – Special type of atmosphere. It really is. It's, oh, yeah. it's a lot like it's a lot like the football game, and it's a lot like kind um, of hog walk. You know, you got all the fans, and you're, you're coming into the arena together, and it's just really exciting, and everybody's everybody's you know excited about it. So yeah, yeah. Especially I'm, I'm, I wish I was there. I guarantee.
0: You. Yeah, especially those big games, like when there's, when there's when there's when it's gonna be a full full crowd. And if you can feel the energy walking to the game, like you said, football. I mean, it's, you can just feel the energy outside the arena, everybody walking. Uh, once you get into the arena, how busy, like the, the, the crowd noise, the, the pop, the smell of the popcorn and that, you mm-hmm. know, kind of enclosed to see. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's it makes it feel like winter. I, I wouldn't mind if it flurried, you know, it's a little bit. So. so I know
1: they're hyping up the, uh, Razorback. Uh, reunion, the ninety four reunion that we got coming up this year Was that the twenty five twenty fifth year. Um it does that box it's been that long, but <laughs> it does, yeah, it does um,
3: not.
1: so they're hyping that up and are they gonna name the court after Nolan? What's your what's your take? You think uh, you think Hunter Year Trek's gonna try to get the fans
0: behind him by doing that? If I were him, I would I mean, uh, I mean I I, he felt support yeah, I don't um I don't know why you wouldn't like you said when you're in your reaction, they reading eating off twenty five years we haven't even sniffed it, you know or, i mean mm-hmm. after- especially after knowing you know of course, the year the next year after that, we went to the championship game, but you know we haven't even sniffed it, and like that even tells you how much what it's like. Uh, you know, I mean, old school people, you know, uh, you know, brag on '87, but the farthest he got was the Final Four, and, mm-hmm. and there's, there's, I mean, that was great. His, his teams were awesome, but the national championship, it, yeah. and, and for all the, the the breaking down the barriers and just how, and him and now coming back and like being a fan of the program, and he's speaking mm-hmm. at clubs and like just kind of pretty much says like, I love fans. I love living here, he loves being a oh, around. Yeah. Fans. He, he does so like. How long does. would you not like? There's no excuse if they don't name the court after him. On the, they're supposed to do it March second when you Ole Miss. Mm-hmm. I think the last or the the next to last home basketball game on a Saturday afternoon. If they don't name a, name the court then, then hey, uh, I match. Of, I'd like to yeah. see I'd like to him put it statue. He tattoo deserves tattoo that too. He deserves that too. Yeah, no. um, so. but yeah, it, I I think your check, to me. I I feel like everybody that I've talked to and. Even on the, on call Twitter, I've seen reaction just to that to that story about the the release of this thing. Um, that a lot of people are like, no the court, no in the court, no interest no in the court. There's support for it. Everybody, everybody's down for it. I mean, yeah, I agree. I
1: think that I think you got to do it. I think you got to pull the trigger, especially with the basketball season the way it's been, and your uh, or I'm sorry, football season with the way it's been, and, and your football hire not working out. You know the way that. I feel like he should
0: have. I <laughs> yeah. think you have to give the fans something this year, you know. And two, and two with the kind of baseball, how close, you know, one, uh, you know, one out away from the national championship shows you even how how tough it is to win a national championship. And name oh, his, name, the name, name, name the court so deservingly in that arena that he that he helped build, mm-hmm. you know, to get the support for so.
1: And if somebody comes along and wins three or four, maybe we can talk about changing, you know, but but, but you still got the statue that's commemorating the first one. And then you still have the, you know, and you got the court named after him. And then somebody can do better than that. Now you can talk about, now you can talk and have that conversation later, you know. Look look how long it's been since we won a national championship in football. It was 1964.
0: Yeah. Good Lord. Gosh, uh, do play, for example, if Mike Anderson just went on a run, one, three or four, hell, name it Bud Walton, or name it Walton and Anderson Arena, and then no one reaches the court at that. But, you mm-hmm. uh, that'd be a nice problem to have, but, to, you know. <laughs> oh, I agree. Board, what are we going to do, you know? So, I agree. Well, uh, I guess, uh, I guess we got to go into
1: football. Yeah. You know, and uh,
0: here's my thing.
1: You know, I'm just going to come out and say it. Everybody's been talking about how great this game was against LSU and how proud they are of our boys, and how they went out there and fought, blah blah blah. And I think it's BS that we didn't win that game. Um, I mean, we, we're down a touchdown to tie it up. Um, you know, I can't really put my finger on my goal with this play call or that play call. I, you know, I can't say that you know
3: this could have
1: done and that could have done but at the same time. It just felt like we still wasn't playing up to our potential in this game.
0: Yeah, and I think most daring thing we should have had um uh the running game just could not get going against a team like that.
1: Yeah, we couldn't uh, get you to have more we
0: gotta have more sixteen
1: yards. Right if there, we can right. run on Alabama the way we did. Yeah. You can't come out
0: and not run the ball on LSU. But it was almost like we didn't even try to run ball on him. Again. Yeah, I mean, they had, you know, nineteen, nineteen and 10s and kind of, well, I mean, he almost doubled up in the passing attempts. But we weren't getting mm-hmm. anything. I mean, we averaged less than a yard rush. Um, A lot of, a lot of, lost, a lot of lost yardage. But um, mm-hmm. I do want to say, before, before anything, man, uh, Shino Grady, goodness gracious, what would we do without him this last couple games as far as offense. He had oh, two yeah. He touched down, making incredible – keep fighting. Showed some, showed some fight, talking trash. I mean, we need somebody to have some edge to him. He was talking trash to the LSU guys, and he was, he, he made me feel like, hey, we can win this thing. You know, hey, this guy's a playmaker.
1: Yeah, I, I think that, uh, oh, Grady is a special player. Um, he's doing his part. He's He's really – Working as hard as he could, you know, especially come out there and get, uh, more receiving yards than anybody else. And, and you know, it was just, it was a good thing to watch, you know. And then, uh, Ricky Boyd, um uh, he did pretty well as far as, you know, when he uh, had the opportunity, but he didn't have the opportunity that much. And I know there were some times when like, you know, he fell down, and this that and other, and he just didn't, you know, he just didn't have it right. I mean, you can't expect every single time somebody touches the ball for them to make something special happen. But it felt like to me like they tried to win it through the air instead of running the ball. And, I, you know, I, I said, like, that was going to be one of the keys to the game, is keeping the ball on the ground. Um, do you think I'm wrong
0: there? Do you think? No, and you're right. And uh, I was kind of wrong. I mean, I was – we definitely had 9 10 but eight of those were half of those were high story. Only ten to were team four. And he really averaged, you know, three yards of carry. Mm-hmm. Um but I agree with you and and uh, I don't know, it just could not I mean we were getting down third and third and long, kinda of forcing in the pass, but I think even some of those uh kind of third downs, I think really with this team, you know, we can run it on third do some draw plays. It's kinda of worked. Um I guess you're yeah. probably saying, Man, he's keeps Keatson nut, but a lot of times when the passing games is it's not, not that great, especially in the first three quarters. Um, you know, we're getting third and eight. They They'll do a mm-hmm. drop play and um he did Absolutely. have I, I guess he had he had four I was about to say they needed to you know, throw those uh, uh, uh short yardage passes to him. He had four catches for three yards along the three. So those, those didn't go anywhere. They needed to come up with some a little bit more creative ways to get him the ball in the open. Because um, I think he's it, 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 good enough athlete to compete with LSU's defense, but he was kind of behind the eight ball. But um, I don't think those, you know, boys' fault that he wasn't, you know, didn't get a hundred yards, hundred mm-hmm. hundred yards rushing, you know, fifty yards receiving. Yeah,
1: I agree. And there were some opportunities to get Cole Kelly in and some and some uh, short yardage red zone type situations. And- uh, it's like we've just totally gotten away from that when that was one of our go to bread and butter
3: mm-hmm. things we really it
1: it's like why get away from something that was working? Why do you just stop doing something that was working? Um, you know, obviously the two quarterback uh set up is not ideal, but it's what we were doing that was that was getting some points on the board, uh, here and there. So i I'd I really like to see. Cole Kelly
0: to get some opportunities on short yardage situations and on rent zone situations. Yeah, and our if you uh when we did kind of a season review at the end in a couple games, I think our best offensive performances um you saw a lot of times Cole Kelly was at least had some had some touches or running the ball in those games. Mm-hmm. Um kind of and he didn't get any kind of like just chance to kinda of come in and shake things up. And I I don't I, – I'm not saying I want him as a starter. I think kind of the writing's on the wall. Maybe for him to transfer to a Louisiana off the head or some kind of Sunbelt team and get, uh, a, you know, a different chance, more his style. But, yeah, I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think Houston had more than a run game um, in LSU. Maybe maybe you start off, you know, short yards, get him short yards, he can bust out and get get some more yards. Should have used them. I, I definitely agree with you, Chad.
3: Yeah,
1: no, I, I totally agree. I think that, uh, you know, that's one of those situations where it's, you know, where it's really, uh, you know, so it's so unfortunate that, uh, we, we didn't, uh, we didn't do a little bit more, uh, with what we had, uh, when we had it out there. And then the other thing that uh, the guy that I guess we should point out is, you know, Jared Cornelius, uh, did well with uh, 46 yards. Uh, Lamar Patway did well with 33 yards. Uh, even got Deion Stewart in there. Uh, Grayson Hunter uh, getting those 23 yards was huge. And then uh, Mike Woods with his 14 yards. So, you know, our receiving crew uh, didn't have a horrible day, but at the same time, man, I, I wish they could have done
0: a little bit better, you know? Yeah, besides O'Grady, he's a tight end, but um, he's the main guy with six, six catches all the receivers, as far as the receiver position, the most they got was two two catches. There wasn't it just a go-to that you were like, hey, we can just throw this to him anytime. Um, just right now, they're just like pet waves and good and different things. I mean, Jordan Jones, one catcher, minus five yards. Um, uh, Mike was his freshman, like he just, and Cornelius just has not uh, performed up to a fifth-year senior, like, a leader like I thought he was going to be. Um, don't have a go-to receiver to spread that ball away and, uh, kind of help, help the story out and help O'Grady even get even more catches.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, I totally agree, agree with that. So,
1: you know, it's just one of those things where, uh, you know, you just, you want to see us do a little better and we didn't. And then, and then it's frustrating too because you have, um, all of the, uh, oh, you know, what a great game, and didn't they fight so hard, and all these people who were, like, happy with this loss. They like don't get it. I don't understand how these people were not just
0: livid. <laughs> I think it's just uh, it's maybe it's one of the uh, happy the season. The game kind of felt weird to me, man. I don't know. I made it's because it's the first one since we're uh, completely eliminated from, uh, you know, bowl, bowl contention at all, or what it was. I mean, even when they were coming back, you just kind of trying to get fired up, but it. it felt like there was something in the air, like just preventing me from like nobody. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Just. uh. It's never seemed It just seemed like we were playing such a crappy game from there on out. couldn't get the ball moving just didn't I didn't have to top it in um, and coming coming back the entire way, but I don't know um defense that 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 first that forty yard pass that, that they got for the first touchdown um kind of set the tone and besides that, I think jason's defense really i mean did well but the offense just didn't give give us enough that game until it was
1: too late. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And also, out. and the score kind of, you know, with uh, Bruce said, the running back, kind of uh, he could have scored at the end of it a two-touchdown game. It kind of really felt more like that than like, wow, we went off the one-four, you know, to the number 17 or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, he should have scored again. And that was
1: really just a weird, you know, all those slides and all those weird mm-hmm.
0: things that happened. I don't know why they just didn't. If if, if they weren't gonna score, it was weird because like if they weren't score, why did they just steal the ball? I didn't. I not get that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, not sure. big, I guess He had some big. money on it across the river in Mississippi, where the sports gambling not legal. So <laughs> he's like, all right, <laughs> you can't. You can do good, but that wouldn't make any sense for. an else, you gotta like, oh, I don't think we're gonna win, you know, or the the line I guess the thirty and a half. Well, it wouldn't make any sense for the LC running back to start running back to feel like, Oh, we're not gonna win by two touchdowns, so I gotta make you know you know, he would have bet the whatever the LSU to cover that, so it's a weird. Yeah. You know.
1: I agree. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever at all, um, why that you know, why it would work out the way it did, but you know, it did work out that way. So what are you gonna do, you know? Um so anyway, yeah, that's a game that we lost. We lost tangently. It doesn't look like we did, but we definitely did. It was definitely not like the uh Texas A and M game, which is the same score. Um and you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm just so frustrated. I'm just so sick and by the, the program. Um I just I can't just having a two off season or two win season where this is our worst year ever. I don't know, man. It's I don't understand how people are okay with this. I don't understand how the AD is okay with it. I don't understand how the fans are okay with it. I just don't understand how this is this is okay. I don't feel like we made improvements in that game. Everybody said they thought we made improvements. I don't think we'll beat Mississippi State. I don't think we're going to beat Missouri. I don't feel like there were any improvements made. and. You know, I think that the coaching has lost several games for us this year, and that is, uh, I've said it before, it's scary and it's its sad. And, and you know, what are we going to do? Are we going to really rely on recruiting? Are we really going to rely on, oh, uh, hopefully we'll have the best recruiting class there is and so on and so forth, and we'll be able to, you know, have an amazing uh, year because of this Recruiting class and so on and so forth. Or are we going to be able to say, you know, that uh the recruiting is, is going to save us? Are we going to be able to say, like this? This is, you know, we're going to be top ten. This that and other. Well, next year those kids aren't going to play. They're going to be, you know, freshmen. You think we're really going to throw all the freshmen out there? We we'll recruit. And that's what we're gonna roll
0: with. I mean, I doubt it. And if that's the case, man, we're we'll not have another two win season. Yeah, that's the, that's the thing with me is like, are we gonna make? I mean, I was kind of figuring. I know I was overly optimistic, the fan point of view, because it was our first podcast. Although oh, I felt like we were gonna win eight wins, I had no idea. But you know, uh, at least I thought we were gonna make a bowl game. And now, if we're 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 looking at two wins so I don't know how much more of an improvement. I mean, I'm sure we could win four games. That's not any better. That's just as bad. I and mean, that's still missing a bowl by two. And not even, just, I mean, that's just missing a, a, a total bowl by two games. Mm-hmm. Um, there had not been, uh, we kind of hit a wall there. Um, I thought we were getting better. Uh, I think mm-hmm. the big, I think the big, we'll, we'll go over this obviously more in the season in review. Um, but really the turning point where the season could have at least get a couple more wins was that old miss game. Um and obviously earlier in the season, we shouldn't have lost to Auburn by 31 points. and M, no were you're right there. Um we kind of hit a wall on improvement after, uh, after Old became, became with that improvement. We kind of hit a wall because we were looking, we were getting better. I mean, the confidence right before that, I mean, scoring 31 on Alabama it was good. Hey, that was, that was the end of our moral victory there. It stopped. Um and, uh, I mean, in order to salvage something for Coach Morris to have any kind of like real, real positivity when everybody looks back, like, I mean, I don't, I don't, I'm not going to predict us to win these next two games, even one of them, um, but that's what Morris needs to do um, to get us back. Uh, it's, it doesn't feel good.
3: <laughs>
0: no, no, it doesn't. It's a really, it's a very gloomy
1: situation. Um, you know, I've tried to be positive, I've tried to give you guys some positivity throughout the year, but I've also tried to be real with everybody. And realistically, this is not this is not race back football. We shouldn't be happy with this. We shouldn't accept it. Uh we shouldn't accept the worst season we ever had. Um honestly I don't feel like this is the coach for us. This is the first season you're gonna have. I don't care what players you have, who you what you're working with or anything, if <laughs> you if you're just not getting enough. Help. Beat, you know, Eastern Illinois, Colorado State, you know, uh, North Texas. Then um, there's a there's a there's a problem. You know, even Vanderbilt.
0: Yeah, that's another one. Even like I was saying, Ole Miss, but you still had a chance against Vanderbilt, and you regressed. Mm-hmm. We talked about that the last last week of the podcast. You regressed, and it's kind it, of. Uh, and good because you really regress where you know you're the, the last place team, worst team in the SEC. Yeah. Um there's still well, still two games to tablet, but I, I just don't feel I just don't feel confident. I can't just can't can't find any positives to feel good about. So I'm not I'm not ready to get it over with, because I, I love Razorback back football so much. I know you're the same way and many of our listeners are before you listen mm-hmm. to it. Like you wanna like I don't want it to be over but you're just like, I mean, if it's going to keep losing like this and not showing improvement, then you're going to move on.
1: No, I don't want to be up, right? I don't want to move on. I want to win the last two games. So I want to hope exactly. to go win Mississippi State. But here's the situation. What's the worst thing that we've had all year is running quarterbacks. So we're going to go up against uh, Nick Fitzgerald. And guess what? Fitzgerald is the top running quarterback in the SEC, uh, has more – has more um, more yards in the SEC than anybody. They have more yards rushing uh as a quarterback than anybody in the nation. Um so I'm just guessing at that. Honestly, I didn't even look it up. I know he leads in the SEC. Uh um,
0: yeah,
1: yeah And that's you know that's a problem. Uh, and and we gotta go deal with that. Um you know, they got their running back, which is, uh, two running backs, which is, uh, Aries Williams and then, uh, sophomore, uh, Killin' Hill, uh, both really good, uh, running backs who have, uh, just had solid showings all year long. Um, and, you know, they haven't put up great numbers, but at the same time, they're not, they're not having any issues. Uh, the receivers are going to be their worst spots that that, uh, they have on the team. That's the weakest link. Uh, that's, uh, senior Jesse Jackson, uh, sophomore Aureus Mitchell. You got, the junior Stephen, uh, Gudry and, uh, then you got, uh, freshman, uh, Devontae Jason and uh, junior Jamal Couch. So, you know, that's, that's their receiver lineup. Uh, their slot receivers is, uh, they got the red shirt freshman Austin Williams. Uh, they got that junior Derek Thomas and then, uh, the junior Keith Nixon. And, you know, it's nobody that like really stands out or, um, or there's anything to like really be looking at, but their tight end is uh, the senior Justin Johnson, a tight end of something special. And he, he really is able to, you got to put so many people on that tight end that he's able to open up some of those receivers.
0: So, did you... Sorry, sorry. Uh, oh,
1: yeah. Anything you
0: wanted to add about the receivers? Yeah. Or? Well, I know the tight ends have killed us all year, um, so um, I, I wouldn't, wouldn't have an impact. I'm kind of looking at uh, the last SEC win they had over A&M. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Fitzgerald was an efficient 14 out of 22, 241 yards pass and two touchdowns. And the thing that's that scared me and mm-hmm. never do good against is, uh Nick Fitzgerald. 16 attempts, 116 yards, two touchdowns, rushing the ball. And a 76-yarder is long, so he can go. He's not just getting it 5, 10 yards, 15 yards at a time. He's a guy that can go and it's beat us and beat us over the last year. and hasn't improved that much this year. It's not like the LSU quarterback or some of the mm-hmm. uh, Auburn quarterback that we can just kind of pin our ears back and go after. It's the guy that absolutely Absolutely our defense is the worst because we just haven't had success success against them. That's true.
1: And then you got uh you got your left tackle, uh sophomore uh, Greg Ealin, uh left guard is uh junior Darrell Williams, uh the senior is uh senior uh Eagleton Jenkins, uh right guard senior Dion Calhoun, and then uh, right tackle sophomore Stuart Reese and you know it's a um, it's a set of uh linemen that are, it's very uh they're very uh i don't know i'm trying to say that they're they're they got a lot of experience so they're a very experienced uh team they're gonna they're gonna they're gonna do well you know opening up lanes walking for the quarterback, so on and so forth so you know it's just gonna be a tough team to play
0: you know no, I agree, uh, big SEC O-line experience too. Um, mm-hmm. um, and they're, you know, they're six and four. I mean, they're still playing for eight wins for a solo bowl game. I mean, not a bad, you know, that's Mississippi State season. That's not a bad Mississippi State season. Eight and four. We mm-hmm. get nine wins, you know. I mean, I was getting gracious where I was just sitting at six and four right now, two games to go. I'd be happy, you know what I mean? So. Oh, yeah. Um, Gonna be a tough, it's going to be tough to, you know, stop them. I know I know Mississippi State's defense is, uh, you know, considered better than their offense right now. Even with Fitzgerald's senior quarterback, I think he's just kind of missing some weapons that he's had the last couple years, or so maybe mm-hmm. they their better seasons. But still, I mean, it's, it's a tough conference. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough to win. Um so, you know, shut them down like we we prefer. Yeah, I agree.
1: And you got uh senior uh defensive end, when you go to their defensive side and you've got defensive end, senior uh Montez Sweet, uh you got uh, senior uh, Jerry Green, so their seniors uh defensive ends. You've got a senior at defensive tackle, uh, Braxton Hawaii and then uh you've got a junior, uh, Jeffrey Simmons. So their defensive line is, is again very experienced, very good defensive line. Uh, they're a defensive line group that um is at the top of the SEC right now. Uh their defensive line makes the uh, the heart of their defense.
0: Oh absolutely. Um I know you're, um, kind of Jeffrey Simmons there. Mm-hmm. Um and and uh, Montez Sweat. I mean those guys both each have twelve tackles for a loss. Sweat's mm-hmm. got nine and a half nine and a half sacks. I mean, good Lord. I mean, I'm about as much as the rest of the team, well, third of. well the rest of the team has combined. So, they're, they're yeah. mean up front. They're gonna, It's going to be tough for our offensive line. They're going to be <laughs> pinning their ears back, and they're
1: going to be coming. So, we we better be ready. And they're running on yeah. their quarterback and tight ends will be running all over. the like it's the horrible thing about this team, I feel like, and it's just kind of even a bummer uh, previewing them because I – I feel like the horrible thing about this team is like, we mismatch with them so bad, like all their strengths are where our weaknesses are. Yep. Uh, anyway, they got their uh, middle bottom uh, linebacker, uh, sophomore, uh, Errol Thompson, uh, the wheel back is, uh, junior, uh, Leo Lewis. So, um you know, and then they got, uh, their strong side, uh, looking at, uh, sophomore Willie Gray. So, you know, they are, um their, their their linebackers are, um, you know, they're able to. Uh, they're good. They're 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 serviceable, but they're not anything that is over the top. They're not great. It's that D line that's great. that's, yeah. that's where they cause the trouble at. So if you yeah, yeah. to throw the
0: ball, you're good. The
1: problem is that D line's coming at you so so fast. It's hard to throw the
0: ball. Yeah, I mean it's story. I mean it's story. You know. Give him time without him getting on the ground. And then, boy, mm-hmm. if he can get past the D-line. I mean, these guys are, I mean, if linebackers aren't needed as much to the D-lines. I mean, controlling everything in front of them. Mm-hmm. So, if we can kind of neutralize them in any kind of form or fashion, well, better luck. But it's going to be tough.
1: It is. And then their uh, defensive backs, and, uh, the cornerbacks, uh, they got senior Jamal Peters, um, and he's really good. He's one of the better cornerbacks in the uh, SEC. He got sophomore uh, Cam Dantele, and then uh, safety you got free safety uh, Mark McLaren and uh, strong safety Jonathan Abrams. And Jonathan Abrams is another guy that you got to really keep an eye on. Their safeties are really good. They're really experienced and really good safeties. So. Being that they got that weak link right in the middle with the linebackers now they make up for it with their safeties. Yeah, I know
0: Abram. Uh, he's a leading tackler and mm-hmm. uh, He you'll you'll find him flying around flying around the field um, Like if it's if it's flying up game linebackers can't kind of let him go then you know, he's he's usually usually involved in the play, you know in some form or fashion Mm-hmm.
1: Yep, and then you look out for uh, Brian Hall, which is another uh, junior. He's a linebacker, and you know you'll see him coming in whenever they put that nickel look out there. And uh, so, you know, he'll he'll uh, he'll he'll shade out to the outside whenever you're, you know, spreading them out. So you're likely to see him in this game also. All right. Well.
0: Anything to say well, about special teams or anything, Ken? Sure. No, I'm kind of looking at them. Their punter average about 38 yards a punt. Nothing great. Not the best punters. The kicker's 8 for 12 field goals. But he is perfect. 31 out of 31 on PET. Nothing special. Um got to say what his, as long as about 47 on the year, so. Or 12, yeah. 44 it makes, So, you know, he's, he's okay. He's serviceable and I don't see mm-hmm. you know, any big, um See, no touchdowns on kick returns, no touchdowns on punt returns. So that's good for us. We haven't had to talk about it in a while, thankfully, for such teams. It's improved at least. Um, but uh, watch them come out and take the kick return back. But that's not as big of a threat. Um, uh, yeah,
1: so, so you know, it's, it's, a, uh, it's a game that's going to be very hard to win. Uh, like I said, everywhere we have a weakness, they have a strength. So, uh, I just don't see how we, we beat them, um, you know, especially with what we've been putting out on the field all year. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, golly, I can't believe how horrible we are. Of course, you heard my predictions at the beginning of the year. You can go back and watch the if you didn't. You know, I was just uh, wrong. Yeah. Uh, the, only, the only thing I got to say is I was just wrong. I, I had way too much hope and, uh, and a coach who hasn't proven himself and didn't really have a good year at SMU. School that was, I thought, much worse off than we are. I maybe mean, they what? Maybe we're just maybe we're just that bad. Maybe we're just that horrible.
0: You know? Well, if you kind of look out, um, I, I don't. You know, we don't know because it's not you know kind of publicly uh, given knowledge. I wish it would. Kind of just, I mean. Um, for the AD to in kind of the coaching search, um, kind of to say who, who were they were involved with. But when you kind of look at um, Wayne Kippen again, having success, or uh, Mike Leach, mm-hmm. one of the guys that I heard a lot of good people talk about, too, because he, he turns not the best talent into to winners, you know, where he goes, and he's having a really good season. Um, and you just kind of wonder what some of these guys more experienced, improving and guys. Lord sort of,
1: forbid he get less miles. Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, what <laughs> yeah. he's not only proven himself out of school, and Baton Rouge is, isn't, you know, that we battle every year to to be just as well as he's also won championships there. Why would you not get somebody that's won championships at a comparable school that's available? That's
3: available. Yeah,
0: and it kind of worries me kind of like you think of some of his coaches, like, I mean everybody else be two and eight. I mean
3: you know mm-hmm. what I mean? I mean maybe
0: there maybe there's a process that uh we're sticking to that's gonna maybe we win eight games next year, eleven next year, I don't know. But right now we're two and eight and um, I just you just kinda you kinda in the moment, you don't have any more seasons you got in your mm-hmm. life to watch, you know, so I'm not can't just throw away one and we're two and eight and um, you just be more even and even Bland we went four and eight last year. know <laughs> We're not I, not even go that. I mean, even John Elway. I mean, come on! Like, this is the worst year we've ever
1: had. That's what like, I don't think people are grasping. I don't think people are understanding. Like, this is the worst year in Razorback history ever since we started the football program. That
2: is a problem.
0: Yeah. Um, and yeah, I don't. I, I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. I don't know what to expect. You know, I don't expect anything good, but. It'd be big. more needs if we keep playing the favorite podcast, he needs to finish off with a couple wins here to get everybody excited again. But the if he can't the get it, yeah, I'm going to say it again, I'm
1: going to say it again. <clears throat> he cannot get an upset before the end of the year. I don't think he's the coach for us. He's going to really have to do something special to
0: prove to me that he's the coach moving forward. Yeah, we're going to have to come out of the gun next year ready to rock and roll offense loaded. We can't, can't mess around next year or it's going to, it's going to, the, the sport's not going to be, I mean, no. it's going to be struggling next year. And, uh, like you kind of brought up earlier, the recruiting class thing going to – you know, it's not going to turn things around immediately. Um, uh, uh-uh. you know what I mean? I mean, maybe one or and a I'm couple support- guys that play a little bit, but hey, they are, it is a good recruiting class, but it's not going to, you know, transform until there's sophomores and juniors and seniors. As long as Coach Morris is there, I'm gonna support him.
1: As yes. long as he's coaching the team, I'm gonna support him. But I'm not well, you going know to blind, but I'm not gonna blindly support him and say you and say like I'm not gonna critique you. I'm not gonna point out where I feel like you could have done better.
2: Because mm-hmm
1: that's just that's where you get yourself in trouble whenever you you go and say, you know, I'm supporting this guy because he's my guy because I like, you know, how he talks or whatever. I like the guy, I really do like Chad Morris. I like his attitude, I like how he talks, I like his football knowledge, but I don't like his win loss record and I don't like some of the some of the things he does preparing for these games and, and that's where you gotta be honest. Because if you're not honest, what you wind up doing is um, what you wind up doing is telling yourself, "You know well, I got a good coach, and you and you wind up just holding and grasping something and trying to hold on to a relationship that's just a bad relationship toxic relationship you shouldn't be in. when you it would just be better just to let go and find the next person and see if
0: that's your guy, you know. Yeah, I know what we're doing, it's definitely not nothing's happening after this year. Um, so it's now and, you know, prove something this year, coach, uh, he's he's got next year to turn around, I'm sure tells the way uh gotta see something, um uh, at this point, he's going to
1: have to show yeah. me something next We got to show him something now. There's no way I'm going to be able to start eight, to eight
0: next year and say we're going to have eight wins. And that's no, trying. absolutely not. i may be at the most six wins prediction because I haven't seen anything to show me. And also they'll prove it's wrong. Maybe just click. Maybe, but, uh, mm-hmm. kind of, of others, like he's kind of showing he's he's not an offensive genius. He's a real good guy. Like I said, I can't, I'm, I'm you know, I really support him. I think. He has potential to do it, but it's just, what can I say? I can't blindly just say, you know, hey, everything's hunky-dory. We're going to win, you know, 10-11 games. I know that for a fact. Look at the proof. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, it's kind of like, well, he's going to have to show us. He's, he's, now it's pressure. I deserve pressure next year. It's like I was hearing the
1: other day, and people were like, oh, look what he did against uh, Alabama. He came out with this uh, offensive uh you know, playing and he was able to score them. We got beat by almost 50 points. That's not okay. That's not okay at all. Why? 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 If you're a fan and you're satisfied, you're satisfied with that. Why? Ask yourself why that's okay. Ask yourself why it's okay to lose to Alabama by 50 points. You know, that's really not okay. And if he was that good of a a coach offensively, he would have won some of these games. He wouldn't have. And, and you know, he's just – yeah, I agree with you. He's just not. He's not shown himself to be some amazing offensive guru. He hasn't shown himself to have a fast-paced offense. He hasn't shown himself to just hammer down. All the things he advertised mm-hmm. of himself, he hasn't shown himself to be. Um, at least with Brett Belma, you know he was going to take the ball and run it up the <laughs> you know Oh,
3: yeah. I mean,
1: you knew that's what he was <laughs> going to do. You know, you knew he was going to put some hosses on the line and he was going to run the ball. And I had a feeling that it wasn't going to work, and it didn't. And that's okay, but you knew what you got. With this guy, he tells you what he's going to give you, and then he gives you something else. And that's concerning in itself.
0: Because that's usually an indicator of a coach. You know, settle down, Chad. We only lost all of them at 34, not 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 50. Come on, that's a big difference, man. <laughs> Thank you, uh, man. Thank
1: it's a joke, man. Uh, <laughs> I guess we need to make a prediction and quit beating up Morris.
0: Well, we'll have that for the season-end podcast. Sure. And the Chiefs need to get his
1: act together, too, because I didn't like that defensive performance. Either. So let's just go ahead and throw that out there. For the <laughs> LSU defensive performance. Yeah,
0: oh, so. hey, I'm all right. mad about the manager on, too. But, yeah, I'm all right.
1: All right,
0: I don't, i do not feel too good, man.
1: I'm gonna,
0: uh, I'm, a, I'm, to go, uh, I'm gonna go 13 to 28 Mississippi State. So Mississippi State wins
1: 28
0: to 13. Yeah, I'll State. go. Uh, I'll go 14 28 Mississippi State. <laughs> I think we can make two touchdowns. <laughs> uh, there we go. I was giving Lippert some, a couple of field goals. You know, you know, we saw like stall out about the 30 yard line. Oh, I should have. I should I should have given him about
1: 15 go. field goals. He's good. I mean, if he can get him down there, he can kick the field goal. Problem is, if get him down there, that's the issue. Said,
3: and then you yeah. got this
1: quarterback that's going to be running all over the place. I, sh- I, I don't know why I said 28. I should have said 40-something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I already made my prediction. So. Uh, my
0: my book, if anybody was using the Hawk-Call, uh, they've got a 21-point underdogs. 21 points on your bucks. 21 points to the city state and their dang cowbells. And yeah, not like cheating. That program we recently, I guess it's been, you know, since before the B.M. Morris, John Smith, but we have beat them like 9 out of 10, 9 out of 11 times or something. Just if you guys are betting, go ahead and use my bookie,
1: promo code HOGCALL, double your money, whatever you put in, up to $1,000. Uh, Yeah, totally agree with you, man. It's just, you know, they cheat. They use cowbells. Um, it's a horrible program. You know, the only, the only thing about that program that was redeeming in any way was that they uh, had the first African-American uh, coach with uh, Sylvester. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, um, yeah. Correct, yeah. And he did an excellent job uh, at that school. And, you know, so... That's
0: like their redeeming quality to me. Oh, yeah, and Starkville, well, this is going back to negative about him, but I guess Johnny, they arrested Johnny Cash. Who arrested Johnny Cash? Starkville did. Exactly. Paul, I probably because he was too liberal. Well, I remember that he wrote a song about him, saying uh he got charged with public drunkenness after being caught in a local residence or garden picking flowers. He was just picking a daisy Oh oh police get them and start out all right
1: so we we need to talk about something that's not sports related but it's still kind of sports related so I'm gonna im gonna, I'm gonna go with the Mike gundy uh who came out he said that uh the problem with the generation these days generation x is that uh liberal snowflakes uh, don't have to um they don't have. To do anything or follow through with anything, they're allowed to just quit uh, whatever at any time. And that's the reason you see all these transfers and so on and so forth. So here's my response to Mike Gundy. First off, as a coach who has worked at predominantly um, African American schools in Florida, and, and uh, these tend to be schools that vote the uh, Democrat, which would be liberals. I guess these would be your snowflakes. These are kids that are walking to school or you know, because they, they can't get a ride walking home from practice because they can't get a ride because the Republicans don't want to give the school districts enough money to give these kids a ride home. Um, and these kids show up day in day out, do everything they can to play ball um they're definitely like liberals, a lot of them are getting shot out in the- or snowflakes a lot of them are getting shot out in the streets uh walking home um It's a dangerous situation. they gotta be tough just to grow up in that situation and so it's really i think disingenuous that he would say that. I would say it would be more if you're a class that grow up into the, uh, you know, the middle class uh, that he's probably thinking of. Probably more uh, Republican types um, that like to project on everybody else this uh, sense of uh, being pansies or snowflakes or wussies or wussification uh, whenever they grow up in an environment that's not nearly as tough or hard as a lot of the liberals. Uh, grow up in and they then send their kids to these schools. They're helicopter parents. They pull them out whenever they don't, they don't do something good. They sit around screaming and yelling at the football coaches and, and they're always like, you know, sort of wanting to know why their kid didn't get to play and this, that, and other. That. That's the issue. That's the problem. It's not the liberal snowflakes that are the problem. All right. here's the thing, and let's just clear this up right now for anybody out there that wants my view on this. First off, Republicans make no sense to me because they go out and they vote for things like
0: deregulation
1: and ruining
0: the forest
1: and ruining the waters and ruining the earth. And then they want to be like, I'm a big hunter and fisher, blah, blah, blah. You know, look, I'm a big hunter and a fisher, too. That's why I vote to keep my rivers clean. I vote to keep the, you know, force uh, healthy. I vote Democrat because that's what they do. They build national parks. They do things that take care of the people. It's not the liberals
0: that are the problem. What's that you, Tim? <laughs> oh, very well said. Shannon, uh, I agree with you. I'm the same way. Uh, it's kind of the last thing you said about it. I'm a hunter and a fisher, but you don't, you don't, you don't, uh, support people and vote for people that like to protect those places mm-hmm. and, uh, uh really support the natural, uh, uh landscape and natural areas in our country and, uh, wildlife, et cetera. Um, and Gundy, too, uh, kind of first off, uh, uh kind of what I heard this week and we kind of made sure, uh, uh, he, when he was a kid coming out of high school, he had committed to Oklahoma, a commitment. Mm-hmm. And I guess Oklahoma was signing another quarterback, um and he was worried Gundy was worried about playing uh competing with the, the other quarterback. So he decommitted and uh chose Oklahoma State. So uh, Oh that's great. That's pretty hypocritical. And Gundy's just a jackass, man. Um I just want to say that His Dan Moet running uh running down um his, his rant. Um this one's just like you said, I mean these players definitely not I mean, no flakes and, um like you said, I mean especially the 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 high amounts of uh, gun violence today. Um any any second somebody can get shot, especially um that's um exactly I mean you're you're growing up hard. I mean things um aren't easy. I don't know what the hell he's talking about. I'm why he white this moment. Um and uh just didn't want to play them. I don't know, man. I, I agree with everything you said. I I was trying to find the right thing. Um, but the one thing I'll say and I hear this all the time, I can't stand um when people get out on this uh, uh soapbox about um um all these with the millennials and the liberal snowflakes and stuff and the line is like, oh it's soft and stuff. It's like, man, just put them them. uh uh Want even all the all the baming boomers. Every generation has this too, like saying this oh, this the war I mean the World War Two generation said the banging boomers were weak, the baby mm-hmm. boomers said the next generation was weak and all this. It's just old. It's old BS man. I'm tired yeah. of it. I'm tired of Gundy. I'm tired of this this crap saying somebody's weak, man. Huh. Going whatever, man. I totally agree with that. That. <laughs> I, I wanna say you you said it best man. It's even though,
1: like you said, though, this generation, that generation explains about this generation. There's even a quote from Socrates where he gripes about the generation before him. It's like, it's been happening since the beginning of time, you know? So,
3: mm-hmm.
1: I guess what I got to say is I'm excited about basketball. Oh, yeah. I'm excited about
0: hockey. Disappointed in football. And Wu-Pi Go hogs, man. Go hockey, go raise right back hockey, go raise right back basketball, football. Go it's a blue pig, regardless. I'm with you guys. Let's get upset. Blue we'll pig. Let's get upset.